What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Tuesday, October 24th, 20 and 23. And the Buck and I are with you until 10 o'clock on today's show. Life after Quinn for Texas football. Steve Sarkeesian met with the media to talk about Quinn Ewers and his injury and what the Longhorns are going to be looking like this Saturday when they return to action against BYU. We'll talk some Monday night football as Bucky's Minnesota Vikings get a huge win over the San Francisco 49ers. Primetime Kirk Cousins putting a lot of those narratives to bed last night. We'll have another one of Bucky's tips for kids in the car line. We've got some Wheel of Fortune fun and the NBA returns tonight as well. We've got plenty to talk about. And, of course, your Texas Rangers are headed oh. to the World Series. Yeah. Beat down. Beat down. A Game 7 beat down in H-Town. We're talking about all of it over the next couple of hours right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. What's up, Buck? How you doing this morning, my man? I am doing fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. I got a rain call coming out for tomorrow, which means I have the 24-hour, you know, maybe to Thursday, maybe to Tuesday. I did not – that was not my call yesterday. Nope. Monday, I can't take credit for any rain on Monday, but I will take credit for rain today if it is to happen. I got a little bit last – I think it was towards the evening last night. It was, it was really – it was coming down pretty good out this way, and now it's – it's still it's stalled out, but a little bit today, maybe a lot on Thursday, which scares me, you know, because I want to try to get a little golf in, you know, get get my back loosened up because that is the rain predictor. As a matter of fact, this back right here. And thank mm-hmm. you to folks that relax the back for keeping this rain, this weather vein back here in my back going. So we'll you see. Know, we need the rain. We need every bit of this rain. So yeah. there's no doubt about it. Well, you call it the back. Most people call it the Weather Channel app, but, you know, that's fine. What? Yeah, that's that's how most of us would call where you get your weather predictions. I don't think so, man. I'm way better than those people. You know that. Those people don't know what they're doing. You've been saying that for years, you and everybody else. No. And then when I come along, now you're trying to lump me in with those people? Yeah. I'm part of that group. It's I'm just not- me. It's my body. It's my physical capabilities that bring out the rain, not mm. cold. But it will cool down next week, though. Oh, you're doing temperature now. Just throwing in a little temperature for you next week when it gets in the 50s. Hey, we need that. Is that what you want in the 50s? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give me this fall weather. The three weeks of fall weather that we have in Austin, Texas. I'm ready for it. We got a little tease last week. Yeah. Ah, Yes, we're done with these 90-degree days. But then, of course, not even a week later, we're back into the mid-90s. Uh, for F1 this past weekend, but no kidding. I'm, I'm ready for uh, the fake fall that we get here in Austin for a couple <laughs> of weeks every year. Sign me up for it, man. All right. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so much to you for what you do for us. Give us the privilege to, to do what we do each and every morning. We thank you. We thank your families also, and be careful out there. 
Amen. Amen. Well said, my friend. All right, the code of text line, 512-222-9328. If you are listening on the app and you want to chime in that way, you can hit us up there. Of course, if you're watching on YouTube, keep the comments coming. And please, as our guy Rue always eloquently says, help out the channel, smash the like button. If you're watching on YouTube, just hit the thumbs up. We appreciate you watching. That makes a difference. But also giving us the thumbs up really helps our channel grow and we're getting closer and closer to 6,000 subscribers on the YouTube. So we appreciate y'all's continued support of Texas Sports Unfiltered. Keep telling your friends and enemies, as our guy Chip Brown likes to say, we uh, love what we've got cooking and boy, we might have another exciting announcement to make at some point this week. I won't say much, scared to jinx it. I'll even knock on wood so I don't ruin anything, but we're, uh, we're hoping we've got some more big things on the horizon right here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Buck? Yes, sir. You got to open up with the baseball, man. We'll talk plenty of Texas football. Of course, Steve Sarkeesian met with the media yesterday, and we've got plenty of Sark audio to talk about today. He spent plenty of time answering questions about Malik Murphy and Arch Manning, and we now know for sure that Quinn Ewers will not be available for Texas this Saturday against BYU. So we'll start to talk about expectations for that game and expectations for the rest of the season if Quinn Ewers has to miss multiple weeks, which it sounds like he will. We didn't get a concrete timeline from Sark, but feels like at least two games for Quinn Ewers, and that might be best-case scenario. But how about those Rangers, man? Game seven, winner-take-all in Houston. The Rangers early and often had the bats rolling last night. They put up three in the top of the first inning. They knocked Christian Javier out of the game before the end of the first. Christian Javier, who statistically was one of the best postseason pitchers ever going into this series, he was damn good in game three, had a no-hitter through the first five innings of that game. Now, the Rangers got to him a little bit in the fifth. Josh Young hit a two-run homer, excuse me, in the sixth inning of that game. Josh Young hit a two-run homer, uh, but still, Javier was great. In game three, that was the Astros' first win of the series. That's obviously what got them back on track, and they ended up winning three straight games in Arlington. But the Rangers, who looked left for dead after the way game five ended, that Altuve gut punch with the home run in the ninth inning, it felt like the series was over, but the Rangers go on the road and win game six, and then they win game seven last night by a final score of 11-4. to four. The bats, that's what's carried this Rangers ball club all year long, Buck, and they showed up at the best possible time. And they showed up early in that game last night. They weren't messing around. They came out swinging. Uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was good to see for Rangers fans, but for Astros fans, another home loss. I mean, that, that's, hard to, that's just hard to believe how they're playing at home. They, just, they were just not good. I mean, you, you don't, how often do you see that from champions to play like that at, at your home park? I mean – it just doesn't happen. You know, you're, you're generally winners. You're comfortable. They just didn't they, – they never looked comfortable at home. And I'm saying that through this series, but, my goodness, it sounds like it's been through the – obviously through the whole, the whole season. They're just not comfortable playing at home. How often do you see that at a ballpark? Never. Not with the team no. as good as the Rangers. No. And it's weird – or as good as the Rangers, as good as the Astros. And it's weird. You know, the Astros have been so dominant at Minute Maid Park throughout this dynastic run – that they've been on. I mean, that place has been a house of horrors yes. for every team not named the Astros. But this year, it was a nightmare 
for Houston to play in their home park. They ended the year 40 and 47. Wow. At home with a negative run differential. They were 56 and 30 outside of Houston. If you combine the regular year and the playoffs, I mean, that's ridiculously good, but they just could never figure it out at home. And yeah, I mean, if you would have asked the Astros going into last night's game, if they could play the game in Houston or Arlington, where would they rather play it? I'm pretty sure they would have told you Arlington. For sure. It's funny. If you ask the Rangers where they wanted to play that game, I'm pretty sure they would have told you Houston. And when would you ever say that, right? You always want home field in a winner take all game like that. But in this series and in this season, uh, the juice. And if you're Michael Brantley, you'd like to say, I'd like to play this game from the clubhouse because why am I playing? Yeah. Seriously. Michael Brantley, 0 for 5, grounded into a big double play to end the first. Right? The Rangers jumped out to that 3 0 lead in the first. They knocked Christian Javier out of the game. But the Astros in the bottom half of the inning, I mean, Jose Altuve hits a double, breaks the damn scoreboard in left on the first pitch of the game. And the Astros get a run across. They're threatening more. They've got runners on the corners with one out. And then Michael Brantley grounds into a double play to end the threat. Just a weak ball. Easy double play. Yeah, yeah. Taylor made right there. And Brantley had a rough day. That might have been Michael Brantley's last ever game. I mean, with the injuries that that guy has sustained and the fact that he missed like 80-plus percent of this season. Yeah, they, back. they're probably going to move on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think he might move on. I don't know if he wants to go through another rehab-type year like he just had. And for the Astros, Buck, I said it yesterday talking to Trey, uh, there was a chance that if the Astros lost last night that that was going to be Dusty Baker's last game as their manager. And there was a report that surfaced right after the game went final uh, it said Dusty Baker had been telling people within the Astros organization that this year was going to be his last year. So uh, there might be uh, some changes coming to Houston after the way that uh, their season wrapped up last night. Well, I, I mean, I can't I mean, I can only look to their, their bats and the way they played. I can't look to the, to the manager on this year for them. I mean, I thought Dusty was OK. I mean, that, I mean, he can't hit for guys. I mean, he, he his lineup has been stellar over the last couple of years and. They just didn't get it done at home. They just they just didn't play well. No. Well, you the know? Astros Astros fans. Their great pitching, their great pitching just didn't pitch well. Yeah, well, not at well all. Enough, well enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, games one and two, like the Astros pitching was fine. Sure. Uh, JV was really good in game one. He just got out dueled by Jordan Montgomery, and the Astros bats just couldn't get going. And that was the story all year long for for the Astros, right? They just couldn't hit at Minute Maid. And there were some thoughts that maybe the batter's eye, they made some changes to the ballpark last off season. And there were thoughts that, all right, this new batter's eye that they have in center field, maybe that's causing the problems. So the Astros, I think in August fixed that they made some adjustments there, hoping that it would turn the team around offensively. And it, it didn't, it just didn't. So deja vu for the Astros in a bad way. Right. I mean, Memories of the 2019 World Series. I'm sure Astros fans were having flashbacks last night where the road team won every game in that seven-game series that saw the Nationals popping champagne in the Astros' locker room to win that title. And then, yeah, Max Scherzer actually started that game for the Nationals back in 2019. He, of course, started for the Rangers uh, last night. But, yeah, just uh, bizarre. That's the only two instances in baseball history where the road team has won every game in a postseason series like that. And both times it's happened to Houston, and both times the series was decided in Houston. And for the Rangers, crazy. This is a team that 
is coming off of six straight losing seasons, Buck. They hadn't made the playoffs since 2016. They lost 100 games two years ago. They lost 94 games last year. They were long shots, even though they spent a ton of money in each of the last two off seasons, even though they went out and got the Hall of Fame manager, Bruce Bochy, and talked him out of retirement. Uh, still, not a lot of people were giving this team a chance to even make the playoffs, let alone find themselves in the World Series. But credit Bruce Bochy, man. I mean, every player after the game and really every player throughout this postseason run has just had nothing but good things to say about Bruce, uh, about Bruce Bochy. The Rangers don't get to this spot without that dude and now, his experience at this time of the year. Yeah, and his experience with young, old. I mean, he's got he's got a group of young guys. He's got a group of old guys. He's got experience mixed in there. And he's got Garcia. So, oh, that beast. I mean, really? Yeah. Yep. You know, Sylvester Turner might have to uh, pass along his mayoral responsibilities to Adolis Garcia because wow. that guy is the new mayor of Houston. Now, Jose Altuve might be the mayor of Arlington right now, but Adolis Garcia, I mean, are you kidding me? 15 RBIs in that series. That is a postseason record, not a Rangers postseason record, not in against the Astros postseason record. That no. is the most RBIs in a single series in the history of Major League Baseball, the most obvious ALCS MVP in history. And after the way Game 5 ended, right, obviously hit that huge homer to give the Rangers the lead in Game 5, but then the the hit-by-pitch and the benches-clearing incident, and then Altuve comes back and hits the homer. I mean, Garcia was going to end up looking like the GOAT in a bad way for the way that that game ended if the Rangers went on to lose this series. But for him to bounce back with the – Dagger grand slam in game six, and then two homers. Only the fourth player in big league history to have multiple home runs in a game seven for him to do that and just shut up the Houston crowd the way that he did. That's impressive. I thought that guy was going to homer every time he got to the plate. I wasn't thinking of, uh, you know, the, the, the ground ball he hit through third to start that thing off. I was thinking every time he came to the plate, he was going to hit a home run. That's what I thought he was going to do. And it didn't matter which part of the park. I mean, because he could hit it to every every bit of it. Every time he hits the ball, I mean, it's it's deep out on, on the outfield. But the, the shot that he hit down to third to start that baby off was special too. Yeah, I mean, he, that was that was a great start for him. But he was just he was electrifying, and he was, and he had a lot of fun doing it. That's for sure. Oh my God! Yeah, look, the Rangers for the most part are pretty subdued ball club, right? Like Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager. Uh, the guys who are the two best players for the Rangers during the regular season, they don't show a ton of emotion, right? They just kind of go out about their business and let their play do the talking. But Adolis Garcia, that guy lets his words do the talking. Now, his play does the talking, too. He's a oh, freaking yeah. beast. He was an all-star this year, so it's not like this is some random guy who popped up out of nowhere oh, yeah. for this series. But, uh, no, that guy is the uh, heart and soul of this Rangers ball club. And, boy, he he picked them up, man. He picked them up in a big way. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, our guy Jake says maybe Monty could have won MVP. Yeah, I mean, when you set a record like Adolis Garcia does, I think you've got to win MVP. But how about Montgomery out of the bullpen last night, kind of quieting things. You know, Max Scherzer didn't get out of the third inning. A little better start for him than what he had in game three. But, you know, still you would have liked to see more out of the Rangers starter. While Monty comes in, he gets out of a jam, and then he uh, pitches a few more scoreless innings in relief for the Rangers Three great appearances for him. And, yeah, the Rangers uh, the Rangers bullpen, look, when the offense scores 11 runs, you don't have to be great. But the Rangers bullpen, obviously good enough 
throughout this series to uh, to help the Rangers get back to the fall classic for the first time since 2011. Yeah, Scherzer looks more like a guy coming that should be coming out to try to get you two or three outs in an inning, not like a starter right now. He just doesn't he just doesn't look like that. He just just getting back, you know, and you know, he's not even mid-season form. It's like it's like the beginning of, you know, you know, spring ball for him the way he's when the way he started out. But that was to be expected. I mean, he was I don't know if he was better than people thought, but he hung in there, but he looks like a guy that maybe comes out of the bullpen more so than – you're going to have to get one start out of him somehow, but he may be a bullpen guy, when, if, you know, when you're in the World Series. Because he just doesn't have that. I mean, you can't – he can't keep putting guys on bases trying to throw that that slider across there that keeps going, you know, into the dugout somewhere. It just It's just not working for him. Yeah. Who's calling you at 8.17 in the morning? That was my life alert. Making sure that I had <laughs> That was me taking my after taking my pills. Ah, Letting timer. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, for the Astros, man. I mean, look, this—they're not done. They're not done. Oh I mean, no, th- this streak is ridiculous. Seven straight ALCSs. Of course, they've been to four World Series during that time. They've won two titles. Uh, it's hard to fathom them not being back here next year. They do have most of their team under contract for 2024. So. Feel like they'll be right back in this same spot next season, but this is incredibly disappointing for them. I mean, look, they they dealt with a lot of injuries this year. It was kind of a down year by regular season standards. The Astros are used to winning 100 games a season. Uh, They got to 90. They won the American League West on the last day of the season. They won it via the tiebreaker over the Rangers because they won the regular season series between these two teams. But uh, disappointing, man. You got two chances in your home ballpark to just win one game, and instead you let – maybe your biggest rival pop champagne in your locker room. It's uh, it's, it's going to be a tough off season, man. Once again, the Astros aren't done. I expect them to be right back in this spot next year, but uh, it's got to feel like a missed opportunity for them, doesn't it? Oh, there, there's no doubt about that. I mean, they can't win every championship. Who do you think they are? Who do you think they are, by the way? Are, th- are they the New York Yankees? They're not. Look who's out. Look who's back for the World Series. That's right. The World Series hadn't started yet. Oh, it started. Philadelphia's going to end up choking it away. Come on. Look at mm-hmm. that. The captain's back. When you start talking about World Series and champions, you're talking about this little guy who's been itching to get out. You know what I'm saying? He's been itching to get out of the drawer. Now he's out of the drawer. Now good things can happen. For who? I don't know. Mm, they're going to have to make a get out sequel involving your Derek Jeter figurine. <laughs> yes. That guy's trying to escape your drawer as much yeah. as he possibly can. He's tired of oh, sleeping with some old black guy. He doesn't want to do that anymore. Come on, Jeets. Let's go. Hey, it's worth bringing up the Yankees because the streak continues, right? We have not had a repeat World Series champion since the Yankees won three in a row from 98 to 2000. Felt like the Astros had a great chance to get it done this year, especially, you know, going up against the Rangers, a team that they've dominated in recent years. And also with the Braves and the Dodgers losing in the National League, it felt like a golden opportunity for the Strohs to end that streak, drought, whatever you want to call it across Major League Baseball. But uh, they did not get it done. Let's hear from Bruce Bochy. This is in the locker room after the game, right before the Rangers started popping the champagne in Houston, here's the Ranger skipper, 
starting the celebration. Just real quick. First of all, I would tell you what an honor and privilege it is. Incredible team. So much heart and determination. Came in here against all odds. You went to Tampa. You went to Baltimore. I can't say I've ever seen a club that played with more heart. And I'm going to add this. Congrats on wearing the horns in Texas and going to the World Series. There you go. That old man had about five bottles last night, probably. Oh. Yeah, well, the game one of the World Series isn't until Friday, so you know the Rangers had uh, some time to get after it last night, and you know they did. That was awesome, man. So congrats to the Rangers. Absolutely. We'll talk, we'll talk more about that later in the show. We'll obviously preview the World Series. We'll see who they're going to play. Game seven of the NLCS tonight. Well, how about the D-bags? My wow. God, I thought for sure they were done. I thought the Phillies were going to win this series early. They go up 2-0. I'm thinking, all right, maybe this is a sweep. Then they take, you know, game five. Arizona takes game three and four. Okay, tied series. But Philadelphia wins game five on the road, and it's like, oh, well, for sure they're going to close it out at home. They never lose at home in the playoffs unless they're playing the Astros. And then, uh, nope, the D-bags get the win to force the winner-take-all game seven. So we will see. I think Rangers fans would rather play Arizona. Uh, That probably goes without saying. The Rangers did go 3-0 and against the Phillies this year. That was the opening series of the regular season where the Rangers swept Philadelphia. The Rangers went 1-3 and against Arizona this year. So regular season record would tell you maybe you'd rather play the Phils, but I think every Rangers fan and their mother will be rooting for the Snakes. Absolutely. In this game, seven. So congrats oh, to the Rangers. Phil's not hitting early in the game. First couple of innings, they're struggling. Yeah. They are having some struggles right now. And they've had a really fine hitting group, but boy, oh boy, they're yeah. they're they're looking bad. And when they throw those the pitchers, the last two pitchers that they throw out there, I mean, those guys are fantastic. But last night was, I mean, I couldn't believe last night. I thought that thing was going to that thing should have been over last night. But I'm with you, man. I one more, one more. Yep, five to one. The D bags get the win in Game Six to force the winner take all Game Seven. And yeah, after having zero. Winner-take-all games in the first two rounds of the playoffs, right? We didn't get a game three in the wild-card round. We didn't get a game five in the DS. We get two game sevens in the championship series. So uh, the beauty of baseball, man. The playoffs weren't all that great in the first couple of rounds, but they have given us some massive moments here in round three, and hopefully that means we're in store for a pretty epic World Series. Buck, it's that time. Every Tuesday at around 8.20, We've got Bucky's tip for kids in the car line. What you got for the kiddos this week? Yeah, we're getting getting towards the Christmas time. We're getting towards the, the time of of giving a reflection of, of how maybe first semester is going for some of these young kids going off to school maybe for the first time or the older kids ready to, you know, because that following semester will be getting close to graduation. You always want to go out on the on the right note. But here's what's something that we all need to remember. Even if you're on the right track, You'll get run over if you just sit there. Even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. Hmm. You so always got to be constantly moving. Got to be moving forward. You can't be saying that I'm on the I'm on the right track to this, but you can't just say I'm there. You got to keep on moving. So don't sit on train tracks. Well, you don't want to do that anyway, kids. We don't we don't play those games anyway. Hmm. I mean, if you've been off that, if you've been off the beaten path a little bit and you get back on it, keep on moving on it. Don't just sit there. Somebody will run you smooth over. 
because there's always somebody else right there trying to do the same exact thing you are, trying to get a little bit better every day. So if you're on the right track, make sure you're not sitting, just sitting there. Make sure you keep on moving forward. I like that. Get better every day. That's right. Get better every day, Malik. Every day. That's not my name. Oh, okay, BK. <laughs> just throwing a little word out there from Malik so he can get ready and get better every day. Uh, your tip in for college Arch. kids in the car yeah. line. Arch, you need to get every better every day from this point on because you just don't know. You don't know what the week will bring. You don't know what, the, what tomorrow will bring. You don't know which game your starting quarterback will come back. Maybe he won't. Maybe that AC joint is all screwed up. Who knows? You just don't know how that you don't know how that stuff works out. So you can't just stay the same. You got to get better. Yeah, I like that. All right. Bucky's tips for kids are brought to you by our friends at Relax the Back. Absolutely. Love those folks at Relax the Back. And I'm feeling good today. And as I said, I'm I have that little twinge of a little Wednesday rain from my back, from my my weather monitor back there in my back saying. Yeah, it's going to rain, and it's going to rain on Wednesday. Dang it, I don't need it to rain on Thursday, but it's probably going to rain on Thursday. Temperatures will dip a little bit as BK is. Uh, does that mean you're still going to don the shorts? Will you be donning your shorts when it, when the temperatures get into the 60s? Do you still wear shorts in the 60s, or that's it? Mm, it depends on what I'm doing. I mean, if I'm oh. just running a couple of errands around the city, I'll rock shorts, but if I'm okay. – going to a meeting or if i'm going out at night i'll put the pants on okay getting a little older man you know i gotta gotta dress a little more mature getting close to that november time too oh, are you gonna do that thing wow. on your, you don't want to do that thing to the people do you did the pedo stash come back for another wow. year man no. that brown thing mm. Get yeah, some of the little food coloring in there make it black this year really. <laughs> it usually grows in black which doesn't make sense all my hair's blonde, and for some reason the stash grows in like dark brown slash black. Go so, with it. You got to go with it. Man, it's it, the bit is great. I'm all about the bit. I'm married to the bit, but just I wonder. Got to see too many. You got to see some important people that are going to go. That's a not a good look, son. That's not. I know. A I know. Like now that I actually am trying to run and start or start and run a successful business, I feel like maybe the pedo stash isn't the best idea, but. Sometimes you got to give the people what they want. So. Yeah, you, you always got to give the people what they want. You got to give those people what they want and what they deserve. We're back and forth. I'll like wake up on November 1st and I'll have a razor in my hand and I'll just be <laughs> thinking, should I shave or should I not shave? But uh, yeah, that is coming up soon. So, all right, good stuff from Relax the Back. Good stuff from the Buck there. Bucky's Tips for Kids. You can hear one every Tuesday at around 8.20. As you're getting the kiddos ready for school, make sure you're tuning in to us right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Buck, you referenced it. It's Malik Murphy time in yes, Austin. He has been waiting for this opportunity. We touched on it a little bit yesterday, but Malik Murphy, a super highly touted recruit coming out of California in high school, had offers from schools all over the country. He ultimately decided to sign with Texas. And then, hey, in this era of college football, with the transfer portal, with the quarterback movement that we see year in and year out, Malik Murphy has had chances to put his name in the portal. And man, after the spring that he had and the spring game that he had, where everybody saw him look really, really good. Uh, hell, he looked better than Quinn Ewers, and he looked better than Arch Manning in that spring game for Texas. There were a couple of 
power five schools, and I'm talking like big name power five schools that reached out to Malik Murphy's people to try to convince him to enter the portal to go to their school. But Malik Murphy's like, nope, I made a commitment to the University of Texas. I'm staying at the University of Texas. And it wasn't just a commitment thing for Malik Murphy. It's not like ah, I said I'd stay here, so I'm going to stay here. A lot of it was he was thinking if he ever got the opportunity right, to showcase that he could be the quarterback at the University of Texas, he was going to take advantage of that opportunity. And now he is getting that chance. Malik Murphy will start for Texas on Saturday. Let's uh, hear from Sark first. We will start with the injury update where Steve Sarkeesian tells us a little bit about Quinn and, of course, talks about some of the other guys who are dealing with some injuries right now for this Texas team. You know, from an injury standpoint, you know, Quinn uh, and Ethan Burke will both be week to week uh, at this point. You know, you never, we never really know exactly how bodies respond um, to injury. Um, and so we're just going to have to monitor these guys on a weekly basis. Uh, obviously, we're going to do everything in our power to get both those guys back um, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And obviously, Catalan's kind of in that same in that same breath. Okay, so those are the three guys there. Everybody else is uh, has been really good. So there yeah, you go. do you? I mean, when, when he talks about you know, it, you know, Quinn, when he got when we got hurt last year, you just didn't know when he was coming back. When you start talking about shoulders, I don't care throwing, non throwing, show. I mean, you're going to go down on either one. Somebody's going to drive you to the ground. This is this is one of those things that if it's Pain tolerance, well, there's there's more than pain tolerance when it comes to your throwing arm. It's much different than your off arm, you know, that you're worried about landing on. This one is the one you really have to throw the ball with velocity. You got to understand that people are going to hit your hand when you're throwing through. A, you know, it's not just the fact that you've got to throw a ball down the field and make some decisions. It's the fact that that hand always gets hit. That arm always gets hit. You know, that throwing motion, somebody always makes contact with that thing. You don't get to just throw the ball cleanly that often. So. That 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 could be it could be two weeks, it could be three weeks. I just know it's not this week. There that's for sure. You don't come off a shoulder eight, that AC joint and play at maybe some other position. Quarterbacks and wide receivers, you can't lift that arm up to be doing all that kind of stuff. So on minimum, it's just I, I minimum is two weeks. You know, it's more like three to four weeks. Yeah. You really get back with an AC joint, especially for a thrower. And yes. that's and that's just that's just even when it's that other arm, you know, if it's your off throwing arm, just being driven to the ground and hitting the ground, you just starts it all over again. Well, if it was the off arm, I think the timeline would be shorter. But because it is the throwing arm, I think that's going to make viewers miss multiple games. And mm -hmm. Sark didn't give an exact timeline, but no. I think two weeks is probably best case scenario. Yes. It might be more like three to four. So uh, we know for sure that Quinn will not be playing on Saturday against BYU. That, uh, that is obvious at this point, and I think it's probably safe to assume that he will not be playing next Saturday against Kansas State either. Yes. So, yeah, and it sucks. Like, Quinn, look, you saw it a little bit because Quinn stayed in the game after he got hurt, right? Like, everybody thinks he got injured when he tried to lower his shoulder and pick up a few extra yards after he took off and ran, but that wasn't the play where Ewers got hurt. He actually got hurt a few plays earlier where he got sacked right after the Jalen Ford strip sack fumble. It was the first play of that drive for Texas. Uh, JT Sanders missed a block. Tough situation for him. You got a tight end going up against Houston's best edge rusher, Nelson Caesar, who was Houston's sack leader going into the game. Uh, he beat JT Sanders. 
and he sacked Quinn Ewers, and it was kind of an inauspicious fall. Like, it didn't look like a no. super hard hit, or it didn't look like Quinn hit the deck that hard. But, like, from that moment on, the next few throws that Quinn made before he left the game were just dunks. I mean, he wasn't even trying no. to throw. And that, to me, that basically says that if Quinn did try to play this Saturday against BYU, like, that's all he could do. Like, literally, he could just so th- throw screen passes and little passes in the flat. And you, you can't do that. Like, that's not going to win you games. I know Texas is still a 17-ish point favorite against BYU, but we're still talking about a solid BYU team that's 5-2. and two, That's got a bunch of 35-year-olds on its roster. Right. You, you can't have an offense that only has dinks and dunks. you got to have the threat of throwing downfield. And For it sure. just seems like Quinn Ewers does not have that threat right now. Yeah, and this is this is a great opportunity for, for Malik Murphy. I mean, he's waited around. Here's his opportunity. Yep. There's no there's no telling what goes on from this point on. You're trying to win a championship. You've got a, a team. You're past the, you know, the midway point. And if you can reel off a couple wins with this guy playing quarterback, you don't know. You don't know if you ever switch back. I mean, this is this is that time of the year. Let me tell you something. You win three in a row or whatever. When if you, if your starting quarterback comes back and your team is playing well and your team is rallied around whoever the backup is, you don't take any chances. That will be that will be quarterback controversy all over again. But it's it's a controversy that's in a big way because if you're winning, that's a great thing because you're still looking for a championship. You're still yep. looking to play for the Big 12 championship. And you don't you don't mess with that. I mean, no matter what. But if if you're struggling and you're winning and your defense is winning games, you got to look to a guy who can move the ball down the field, who can throw the ball down the field. And whether that's Arch Manning or Quinn yours again, I mean that's Quinn that, that's what you do. You you're, this is about the team. This is about team wins. This is not about individuals. You're hoping the individual that comes in and replaces your starter can get it done. But if he does replace your starter and things go in the right direction and your team gets a boost, I don't know if you bring anybody back in there to start playing. Yeah, I mean, you almost hope there's some controversy, right? Because that means sure. Malik Murphy's playing really well. You don't want to yeah. be in a situation where uh, Texas loses a game and you're like, when is Quinn coming back? We need right. Quinn back. Otherwise, we've got no chance. Like, that's obviously worst-case scenario. But, yeah, I mean, you'd love Malik Murphy to go out there over the next couple of weeks and play well enough to the point where it's like, ah, what do we do here? Like, we know Quinn's really good. And that guy's been a big-game quarterback for us, and he's uh, been our starter for a couple of years now, and he's done a lot for our program. But, hey, you know, Malik's playing so well, and the offense has figured some things out, and we've won two or three in a row with him as quarterback. So what do we do? Like, that's that's where you want to be, I think, if you're a Texas fan. You know, sometimes when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. That's the old adage. Well, maybe Texas could be at the point where you've got two really, really good quarterbacks, and it's a tough to sit. Like, I, I think of uh, – I think of the Cowboys and Dak Prescott's rookie year, right? A little bit different because Tony Romo missed like 12 or 13 games that right. season. So Dak had a ton of time to show how good he was. But, man, Tony Romo is like a really, really good quarterback who was the franchise guy in Dallas for almost a decade. And it, it felt obvious, like, okay, as soon as Romo was back, then, hey, we're sending this rookie fourth-round pick to the bench, and Romo's taken over. Well, Dak played so well, and the Cowboys had won so many games that – Obviously, the Cowboys decided to stick with Dak, and they never looked back. Uh, slightly different scenario for a couple of different reasons, but like that's that's where you want to be, to where it's like, nah, maybe Malik is playing so damn well that we've got to stick with this guy. Well, you're going to find out a couple of things. You're going to find out if Malik isn't playing that well and Quinn is ready, then Arch Manning's going to get his opportunity too because you've got to find out about everybody now. Yeah. At quarterback. If one is hot, you're rolling. 
if one is just kind of mediocre and the other comes in and he gets hot, you, you'll you'll find out over the next couple of weeks a lot about your two young quarterbacks now, yep. and their and their leadership ability and your team's leadership ability to follow those guys because everybody on the offense and defense now is going to have to pick up their pace of play. They can't be playing in the secondary like they have over the last couple of weeks. They can't play and look like they've looked on defense. It just can't be. You have to step up now as a football team, and everybody will be responsible. That means your coach can't make some of those dumbass calls like, you know, faking field goals when you need three points because every every it doesn't matter if you win them by one now, PK. No, I mean, all these point spreads and all that stuff, it doesn't matter, although it never really did except for to my people. But, you know, for this deal now, it's win them. It's win them and just win them by whatever you need to win them by. Your people, uh, black people, old people, no, no. what are you talking about? No, my people who have some skins in the game, you know what I mean? Ah, your cousins. No, forget those people. It doesn't matter. We're mm. trying to win. We're trying to get to a championship here. Yep, agreed. Well, let's hear, let's hear from Sark because he was basically asked uh, who's going to start at quarterback against BYU and just what the quarterback position is going to look like this Saturday. Here's Coach. Go through the week, and, and Arch and uh, Malik will both get a ton of reps. Uh, I, if the game was being played today, Malik would start the game. Um, and, and again, Arch will be ready to go. And like I said before, I've had a ton of confidence in Arch. You know, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he had a fantastic practice. Um, and so I'm really encouraged by that. You know, I think Coach Milwee's done a great job with, with both those guys. Um, and so we're fortunate, you know, and not, not every school uh, is as fortunate as we are to, to have the quarterback room that we have and the connectivity that that room has. Um, I think a lot can be said for Quinn and his leadership in that room. I think a lot can be said for, for Charles Wright and his experience and knowledge base of our scheme and the dialogue that those guys have in that room. I think they're always trying to lift each other up and, and help one another. So uh, hopefully we can, we can reap the benefits of that uh, this week week so look at you, know, you don't care about that room you don't care you're just caring about who the hell is good in that room aren't you well i i wonder so we we gave the glass half full side of the conversation where it's malik murphy plays so well that we don't have to see arch manning number one but number two there's a controversy when quinn ewers comes back about who the starting quarterback is going to be like that's that's glass half full now yeah. it's the glass half empty side which we absolutely have to talk about how long of a leash does Malik Murphy have? You know, like Quinn Ewers last year had a ridiculously long leash, a leash yes, for me that was too long. Now, there were a couple of games last year where I absolutely thought Quinn Ewers should have been pulled. The Oklahoma State game, maybe the TCU game too. Like he just didn't have it those days. You had Hudson Card, who obviously had some starting experience. We knew what that guy was capable of. To me, Sark should have pulled the trigger a couple of different times. Not for the season, not like yeah. – uh, no, Hudson Card's our guy for this game, and then he's our guy moving forward. No, but there should have been some moments last year where, hey, Quinn, it's just not his day. We've got somebody behind him who can maybe make us better. Let's bring him in. Right. That was with Hudson Card, who was a veteran. Once again, a guy who had started games, a guy who had been in the program for a few years, and Sark still didn't go to him last year, unless, obviously, when Quinn got hurt against Alabama, he didn't have a choice. So I wonder, like, Sark's experience at Texas – He's got a pretty long leash with these quarterbacks. How long of a leash does he have with Malik Murphy? Like if, if Texas is down at halftime on Saturday to BYU and maybe Murphy has an interception or two, does he go to Arch? 
does he give Malik a full game? And, you know, if Malik doesn't have it on Saturday, then maybe Arch gets the K-State game. Like, No, dude, I'm not giving anybody full games. I'm trying to win every game. I'm not if, – if, if you're sucking into the – you know, you come out of halftime and you get that first series and you're not moving that team, I'm about to make a – I'm about to make a change in the third quarter. I'm not waiting to, you know, three series in the third quarter or series into the fourth quarter. I'm not, I'm not losing a football game – because I'm too stubborn to make a change. No, I'm going to find out a lot about all these all these niceties that he talks about these two young quarterbacks. If they're ready to go, let's go. If one's not if one's not moving the team, then bring me the next guy. I'm I I'm still trying to win a championship. I still got I mean I got semblance of championship players on my football team. I'm not giving that up. I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not looking I'm not looking to give that up. I'm looking to make sure that I can get through maybe four games until I get my other quarterback back if they struggle a little bit. And if they're not struggling, then my, my quarterback has been sitting around for four weeks. Good luck trying to get that starting position back. This isn't like give it back. This isn't one of those things, you know, where, I mean, I, I went through the years of, you know, you don't lose your job to injury. Bullshit. Hmm. You yeah, do lose your job to injury. You do it yeah. all the time. I mean, you, you, if you're in, if you're in business and you're out and you can't make it cause you got, you know, the simple some some weird cold and you've missed work for two or three weeks with the with the common cold and you come back and there's been a salesperson that's been selling his ass off. And then you want you know, you're trying to get back into, you know, your corners, your corner office. I'm going to look at you as the owner of the business and go, um, you know, we've had some changes here. Mm. I, I love you. I, you've been around you a lot, but that corner office belongs to. That guy that's made us about $3 million over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, there's glass half full. I mean, that's the optimistic viewpoint once again. Like, but I'll say this right. about the glass half full and cla- the, the, the key to all that half full and half empty is the fact that the glass is refillable. Yeah. You know it what is. I mean? And you've, got some, and, you've got, and you've got an opportunity to refill it with a couple of guys. And I'm going to find out about all of them. Yeah, you know, if you, even if you just said some nice things about Charles Wright, if I have to find out about him, I'm going to find out about every single one of them. If it gets to the point that I could possibly lose an opportunity to play in a championship because I'm trying to say, oh, this guy needs this whole game to figure it out, and I lose that game, bullshit. That's not – you can't do that. You can't do that to the rest of your team. That is glass half shattered if Charles Wright has to play. And I love Charles Wright. I called his games in high school. Great kid, great family. Love that he's at the University of Texas. But – if you're on your fourth string quarterback, whether it's because of injury or because of production, that is a huge problem. Sure. I mean, conference but, championship but understand I, this, I'm doing everything I can to win a championship for the university sure. and for this football team. Yeah. You no, know, that's, that's, that's my job. Now my job is to not make foolish calls and to put them in the best position that they can win the games. And I can't spend whole games trying to figure out and say, Oh, he'll be better the next game. Oh no. Because you're at, you're at the point you can't afford to lose a game. Right. You've got to win out. You've yes. got to win out. Now, maybe there's a scenario where Texas loses another Big 12 game and could still make it to Arlington. But, you know, if you lose another game, you don't control your own destiny. Obviously, the playoff is out the window if you lose yeah. the second game. We first all things that. first, win that but championship here. Even for the Big 12 championship, if you slip up somewhere else, uh, yeah, you no, lo- no longer, easy for me to say, control your own destiny to get uh, that shot at redemption against Oklahoma in Arlington. So yeah, all of these games are important. I mean, individual success is going to matter, but also team success is going to matter when it comes to this decision that Sark has to make. And I, and I do find it interesting, Buck, like that was sort of a theme of the presser yesterday 
is every time, you know, Sark was bringing up Malik Murphy or he was just asked about the quarterbacks, he would also talk about Arch. Like, you know, oh, Malik Murphy's going to start if the game was today. That's what he said. If the game was today, yes. Malik would start and Arch would be the backup. So, like, he just – he brought up Arch at every turn, which I think basically tells you what you're telling us. Like, the leash is not going to be that long. Oh. It's I'm not going to give Malik Murphy – all four quarters of this game just because he's been here longer, just because he's number two on the depth chart and Archer's He had a three. great spring. No, but the yeah. thing about it is he's des- he's deserving of being the number two guy. He did that's his that's been his that that's been the theme since the spring is Malik Murphy has been number two. So yeah, he go gets to go start. But by the way, Arch has to be prepared. He's now the backup. He's now that dude is now the true backup right now. And this is this is a I mean quarterbacks just go down pretty quickly. We know that you don't get to you don't get to have a year, especially at the University of Texas, where your quarterback gets to play 12, 12 games. That doesn't happen. Right. Hadn't happened in a long, long time. And now that still holds water. That it just doesn't happen. So now for Arch, dude, you got to be studying everything you can because you're now the backup quarterback. So if Malik Murphy goes out there in pregame warm-up and somebody runs into him, you know, and he shatters a finger throwing a ball that somebody comes ducking into at practice this week, you're the starter now. You can't. Yep. You know, you're 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 a step away from being the guy. Yep. Yeah. And then your fourth guy, Charles Wright, becomes the backup to that guy. I mean, it's it's just that simple. It just it's hard to go through a full season as the as the one and only quarterback. And and we've seen it here for years and years and years and years. That's just the way it goes. Yep. That and for most sense. programs, it is. I mean, you just don't escape being that guy, being the first, the guy who holds on to it the entire season. It's just that difficult. Well, it it feels like it happens more at Texas than it does. Oh, yeah. Oh, it does. This place has got – it happens here. I think Sam Ellinger started and finished one full season at Texas, and I think outside of that, you got to go back to Colt McCoy the last time the starting quarterback played every game of a single season for the Longhorns. So Yeah, this isn't the NFL where you got 17 games to play. You're at a point now you can't afford to lose a football game. So if a guy is struggling and you're trying to find out – well, he'll be better the next game. He just needs that experience. We're going to lose this game, but he got the experience. Now I bring no hell no. Nope. If that guy is if that guy is bobbling snaps and throwing picks in the first quarter, he's about to go sit down with me. I don't have that kind of time. The the team doesn't have that kind of time right now. Nope. You play to win the game. That's how that's how it's important for you know Quinn Tebow not to go bone to bone with guys. Maybe his shoulder wouldn't have been as sore. Maybe his recovery would have been as quick, but he can't go 230. You know, he's not that guy. Slide. Let's yeah. be smart about the game of football. You're I agree. Not, I agree. That's not, what, that's, that's not what got him hurt, but I, I know, agree. But it, 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 it sure didn't help going no. collision-wise with a guy 230. No, it's dumb. That was done by Quinn Ewers, and he's done it a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. And you figured he'd maybe get hurt on a play like that if he kept doing that. Uh, he got hurt on a different play, which is weird and unfortunate. It all sucks that he's hurt anyways, but yes, it just, it does suck, but that's, that's why your, your status IQ has to be there. You know what I'm saying? You, you got to understand how important you are to the team, not just to you and the position you're important to the entire team. What you do makes a difference. You know, whether you're sliding or whether you're, you know, out drinking at night, your status to the football teams really makes a difference. So everything you do, can compound it if you get hurt or if you cut yourself off a week and a half before you're back. You know what I'm saying? So this now this group, this whole group has to look themselves in the mirror. What am I going to do for the football team now? 
Hey, yep. Sark, what are you going to do for the football team? You know, are you gonna are you gonna practice harder? Are you gonna the quarterback has to spend a little bit of more extra time with individual coaching and stuff, maybe a little extra time on the field. But the rest of you cats in that secondary and you rushers and and you offensive linemen, what are you guys gonna do now? It's not that they already know what they're gonna do at quarterback. They've already made a decision. That other guy is gonna be the quarterback. So now it's up to everybody else to say, now what am I going to do for the football team? For sure. All right, we'll hear more from Sark in a moment, but we've got to give some love to some of our great sponsors here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Buck, how about a word for our friends at Covert BK? Yeah, I love Covert BK. 42 acres of beautiful hill country. And folks, they've got everything that you need. They have all the brands you need, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And if you bought a car, say, out in Huddle, you bought it out there and you want to get it repaired or you want to get – Oil change, you can get that done right there at Covert BK. They're not they're not going to turn you away if you bought it from the Covert family. Believe me, anywhere that the Covert family does business, you can take your car to the closest location and get that done. They've been doing it since 1909, the Covert family serving Central Texas with their cars and trucks. They've got Covert Ford and Chevy and Hutto, and, of course, Covert Lincoln Ford right there in Austin, Texas. And while you're out there, say hello to Dan Covert for sure. He'd love to have you say hello to him. Hell, you can give him his number. He'll do business with you himself. He'll sell a car or truck to you right there. Mm-hmm. If you want to say, believe me, he'll do just that. Stacy and Mike, the general manager there, Jerome, the whole gang out there, folks. I love the people out there. For more information on all the great sales that they have, the weekly sales, just go to covertbcave.com, and nobody beats that covert deal. Not now, not ever. Not ever. We'll not ever, there. man. We'll be out there on Friday for another one of our Absolutely. pre-game and lunch. Pre-lunch. Pre-lunch. Come out and see us. And we'll Don't forget, a, uh, a week from then, Ricky Williams at Heisman Celebration. Yep. Next Friday, Ricky Williams will be our guest. Still trying to finalize details for our guest this Friday, but we'll have somebody out there. Can't find that Heisman. I know I know. Grandma Sandy has that Heisman back in California somewhere. And that that thing is just not wandering the streets. That, that Heisman is not like this guy who can, you know, get around. That trophy's a little bit heavier. It carries a little more weight than the little guy right here. You know what I'm saying? The little figurine. That's not a figurine, the Heisman Trophy. That's a trophy, and that's heavy. Do you think you could lift the Heisman Trophy right now? Of course I can. Just got through lifting 50-pound sandbags all day yesterday. Come on, man. I'm a machine. That was Javier. Don't be taking credit for it. No, Javier was not around. That was Bucky Air out there working. I was on that truck shoveling off dirt and everything else. I'm a worker. I'm a worker bee. What happened to Javier? Where would you send him? I haven't seen Javier. He may have crossed back, but he'll be he'll return. He's got his spots. You know what okay. I'm saying? <laughs> he picks and chooses his spots, huh? He knows how to get back. Come on, man. Oh, man. That's awesome. That dude yeah. is a magician. Come on now. He's, he's the best. Bucky Air. I love it. Shout out to Covert B Cave and shout out to Altstat Beer. Yeah, but you know, I had to crack open a few cold ones. In celebration of the you Rangers, shaking them up and dumping them on your head last night. No, I didn't do that because you know I was in my own place. If I was in somebody else's place, like the Rangers were, then I would have. But no, Altstat's too good to waste, man. They don't, they don't, they don't uh, pop Altstat in locker rooms and they don't spray it around because they, they don't, don't waste it. Huh? No, 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 no. Hey, how good is Altstat beer? How about this. Speaking of celebration. So Altstadt is a German-style beer. It's brewed in Fredericksburg, but I always call it the most most authentic German beer drinking experience you could find in Texas. Remember that guy, Dirk Nowitzki? You heard of that dude, Buck? Yeah, I know that dude. After his last ever NBA game 
in San Antonio a few years ago. The Mavs toasted to Dirk with some Altstadt beer. Nice. He was drinking Altstadt in the locker room, and all of the Mavs were drinking Altstadt in the locker room to culminate the Hall of Fame career of the legendary Dirk Nowitzki. If it's good enough for Dirk, should be good enough for you. This That's stuff right. is legit. It's the best beer that you can find all across the state of Texas. They've got it in San Antonio. They've got it here in Austin. They've got it in the Metroplex. They've got it in H-Town. If you got to drink your sorrows away, Astros fans, they've got the Altstadt wherever you buy your beer. My choice should be yours as well. It is Altstadt beer. No impurities, no regrets. More from Steve Sarkeesian here. Talking about Malik Murphy. Hey, Sark. What does Malik Murphy do well? Well, he's a, definitely Malik's a natural passer. When you, when, you, when he throws the ball, he throws a very beautiful ball, beautiful ball. Um, and I think there's not a throw that that he can't make. Um, you know, I think he's got really good leadership qualities. Uh, I think the guys, you know, like playing with Malik, and and that's a positive as a quarterback. You know, uh, inevitably, you know, as a quarterback, you're only as good as the guys around you, and and those guys, when guys play good around you, that makes your job a lot easier. And I think that that's extremely helpful. And I think the third piece is his understanding of what we're doing. He's got a great feel for the game. Uh, he's got a good feel for passing the ball. He can make all the throws, but I think he understands what we do and why we do. Um, and that, that's a, that's another added bonus. Yeah. And that's the most, one of the most important things of what he said last, maybe should have been first. Is he a good decision making maker? Is he going to make the decisions that need to be made at the quarterback position without hesitancy? I mean, is he going to hesitate and say, Oh no, not right now. Or is he just going to let that thing go when it has to be gone? Is he going to trust in his wide receivers? Is he going to trust in his coaching? You know, in the springtime, that dude was just a natural. He was just running around there having fun. Uh, he understood. I mean, the guys he was throwing to, he is obviously thrown to for over a year. Now, is he is he trusting of these wide receivers to let it loose? I mean, you, you just have to, BK. You can't you can't go in there hesitant. It doesn't matter who you're playing, and it's you and you've got a pretty good opportunity. But you're going to be playing against some experienced, older type of football players this week. So yeah. you can't hesitate. If you've got to go, let it go. If you got to take off and run, you got to run. You know, he. He's going to have to make the decisions that he makes are, are, are going to have to go without hesitancy. They just have to. And that's, that's, that's all the coaching and all the training. But is he that natural guy that he can just do that stuff? We don't know. Oh, we, you don't we know if he's natural. You're saying there might be some plastic surgery going on with Malik. No, it's just, it just when the really, when the games really, really start, is he going to be hesitant to do I do this or do I now, would I do this naturally or because of the pressure that's on me right now, do I hesitate and do it? Do I throw it a little bit late or do I just let it loose? And, and we're going to find out. Yeah, nobody I knows know what this. to expect. The, the head coach doesn't have time to find out if, 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 the, if the balls aren't being placed, you've got to go to the next guy. Yeah. This I is mean, about winning this. We're still – we haven't got off of winning a championship here, have we? Are we no. now just trying to survive that we can have a nice season? If Quinn doesn't well, play for, say, four games, are we just looking to survive the season now or are we looking to still try to win a championship? I mean, the goal for this team has always been to win the conference championship. Like, okay. that, that shouldn't change. I still think Texas will be favored in these games without Quinn Ewers. Now, you know, that could change if Texas loses to BYU on Saturday and K-State keeps rolling, then maybe that changes. But even in that scenario, I would still expect Texas to be favored in every game without Quinn Ewers. So, no, like the goal doesn't change. It's, it's going to be harder to achieve that goal. Sure. Your starting quarterback, and we just don't know what to expect. I mean, anybody who is telling you 
what is going to happen on Saturday with Malik Murphy is wrong. I mean, they have no idea what they're talking about. So, like, he he played. He came into the game. He threw two passes last week against Houston. He was one of two for seven yards. Uh, he didn't have to do much, right? I mean, Texas no. was able to successfully run the football on their final offensive drive of the game, uh, which obviously culminated in a rushing touchdown. So, great. Like the one full drive, Malik Murphy was on the field. Texas scored a touchdown, but it was yeah, he handled the huddle. Back. He handled the huddle all right to yeah. me. Yeah, but like you know, we didn't we didn't get a full taste or even a half taste of what Malik Murphy brings to the table. So, sure. I mean, we've seen him in mop up duty a couple of times this year, but like not enough to where it's like, no, we know Malik is good at this. We know he's not so good at this. Right. Right. Like so, I I just I don't know what to expect. So. The goal, I think, remains the same. It's just it's going to be tougher. Like we're not talking about a Hudson card here, where it's like, ah, oh, no, oh, it's Hudson. We've seen him play before. We know he can do this well. We know he can take off and run. We know he struggles against pressure. We know this. We know that. I mean, it's just it, it's a total mystery right now. So, like you said, the other guys who aren't mysteries have to step yeah. up. Like, yeah. it's, look, the, the game plan. Like, I don't want Malik Murphy. This is not a Malik Murphy thing. This is a backup quarterback thing. I don't want any backup quarterback having to throw it 35, 40 times. Like no. Jonathan Brooks has to be good. CJ Baxter's got to be good. The Texas O-line's got to be better. Yes, the defense absolutely. has to be better. Those are the known quantities of this football team. Those guys need to, need to play up to their standard to make sure Texas can mitigate the potential drop-off that they have at the most important position on the field. Yeah, they have to. They, you're absolutely right. This defense really has to step up. There's going to be a lot put on their shoulders, and they need it on their shoulders because they – they can be better. I don't know about that secondary because I've seen now I've seen a sample of those guys back there in the secondary. I don't know how good they can be. I know that if things aren't going right, how bad they could be. I know that part right now. But they're going to have to look themselves in the mirror and say, listen, we're going to have to do a little bit extra here. Linebackers are going to have to play the way they've been playing and they've been capable of playing. Outside guys are going to have to get some sacks, get some pressures, and play out of their gourds. Some of these guys are going to have to step up and this offensive line is going to have to step up even more in the run game. Yep. That's it. I mean, look, Texas, the strength of this offense this year has been the run game. Even though Jonathan Brooks didn't crack 100 yards this past Saturday, once again, that final drive of the game when Texas needed points, uh, the run game was able to get yeah. them points. So I thought T.J. Baxter also looked pretty good. He did. He looks, like a, he looks like a college football player, not a freshman college football player, but just like a really good running back. Yeah, I think that was the healthiest he's been since like the first quarter of the first game. So that I think made a difference in how CJ Baxter looked as well. But uh, that's the strength of this team. I think this O line is better run blocking than they are pass blocking too. Yeah. So you need your running game to show up for you. And you're going up against a BYU defense that isn't that great this season. Now, Kalani Satake, their head coach, who I think is in his eighth year there, uh, he's a defensive guy. He's going to come up with some sort of game plan that's going to be good. Hell, he'll probably do some things that he hasn't put on film. Oh, I heard that yesterday, didn't I? They yep. did some things different than we expected them to do. Really? They didn't just stay the same? Yeah, maybe expect the unexpected here, Steve Sarkeesian. I forgot they... about that yesterday. I kind of let that slide. Yep. Yeah, I did look at your face when he said that. I went, uh-oh. He here gave he us goes. the old, they did some different things. We weren't expecting that. I'm like, hey, those guys get paid over there, too. That coaching staff makes money, too. Yep. And, hey, Sark wasn't wrong. I mean, Dana Holgers, they completely switched up their defense. They went to a 3-3-5 and played yes. it a ton on Saturday, and they ha haven't been playing hardly any of that this season. So That's why you should have butchered them with a the run. 
Yeah, you got to uh, you got to be able to adjust a little bit better, I think, than uh, the Texas coaching staff did. But expect the unexpected once again. Like BYU is going to load the box; they're going to make Malik Murphy beat them. Like the, the, the defensive game plan is not hard to predict this week. Stop the right? Yes, like let's try to contain Jonathan Brooks and CJ Baxter and make this redshirt freshman making his first sure. career college start beat us. So that's like you're going to need your quarterback to step up and make some plays. But also, if you're Stark. You can't make Malik be your only guy. You've got to find ways to be able to successfully run the football. Uh, you got to be maybe a little bit more creative to establish the running game this weekend than uh, maybe you've had to in years past. I, I would say continue with that screen game. Continue because they're going to come after your quarterback. Continue using that little dump off screens that you've been using. The more you can get it in Jonathan Brooks's hand out there in, in space, the better off you are. And your special teams needs to totally dominate this game. They have to be good. I don't care if you're punting the ball. That ball, the, the, the California kids got to knock balls out at the two-yard line, the three-yard line, put BYU's offense in a bad situation. Your punt returner, everybody has to be on the mark. You have to be as good as you've been in the kicking game this week when you got your backup quarterback. There can't be anything that you give away this week. Yeah, I mean, outside of the dumb fake field goal that Texas oh. tried on Saturday. Special teams was pretty good, right? Keelan Robinson had a couple of really, really nice returns. Yes. Texas did give up a pretty big return, and then there was a face mask penalty on top of that. that and Keelan wants to know, I've been here. I'm the guy. Come on. I'm let the me, guy. Let me ask you this. Do you consider Ryan Sanborn at quarterback at some point? I mean, that guy threw a dart to Burt Auburn on that fake oh, field goal. Shit. He's one oh, for one in his so. college career. You know, Malik, Malik Murphy was one for two. Ryan Sanborn, the punter, one for one. Yeah, I'd give it more to Auburn because he made a guy. He had the ability to make the first guy miss. Dude, that guy's got to lose his scholarship. Dude, after that, there was a rally to him like nobody's business. After he made that one slow motion move, when he got ready to cut back, there were six guys on him. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. were there. They were there. He couldn't make but one miss. He had no chance. The guy who missed that tackle should have his scholarship oh. pulled. Man. Oh, my goodness. You can't get juked out by any kicker, but especially Carrot Top looking ass, Bert Albert. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't. Uh, God bless. Abuse number one. Abuse, number one got abused. They, they've been watching that film ever since. Thank God Texas won. Yeah, you know, your, your special teams has to be actually <laughs> special this week. Agreed. You need to make things happen. You need punt return. You need to put your offense in great field position. And then when you're in great field position, Sark, don't worry about, hey, let's try to trick them. Take the points if they give you the points this week. We're trying to win the game. We're not trying to cover the spread. I know that hurts you, BK, a little bit. Yeah. Well, but hey, we're trying to win the game now. Yeah, I don't think any – well, I, I shouldn't say that because <laughs> people are going to be betting on the game. But I think most Texas fans are – in Al Davis mode, just win, baby. Yes. I can't believe that Texas is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite right now. With a backup quarterback? Yeah, like if Quinn was playing, then, okay, yeah, that's exactly where I'd expect the line to be. Sure. Like, you know, Texas coming off of a bad week, maybe some people would still be taking BYU with the points this Saturday because BYU is a solid team. They're 5-2. and two. They just beat up on Texas Tech last Saturday. Hell, they've – dominated Texas. I mean, these teams have only played five times, but BYU's won four of them. And I don't have to tell any Texas fan what happened the last couple of times these two teams met. That guy's so, not around. He's in the NFL. He doesn't get to come out and play this week. We'll see about that, dude. No, wait. He's, and they he's don't younger have than some of the guys on the BYU roster right now, so maybe they could find a way to get that dude on the field. 
That dude cannot come back. That little dude on a bicycle cannot come back. No. Voldemort, Candyman, the Boogeyman. No. I'd rather say I don't those things. He can't even attend the game. I hope I hope the Saints have a game this week where that dude doesn't show up on the sideline. Yeah, the oh, nobody wants to see that dude around here. Oh, believe me, I already checked. The Saints are on the road this oh, week. Oh, thank you. Wow, he won't be anywhere around. Good. The problem is the game is on Sunday, and the oh. Texas-BYU game is on Saturday. So he could still be here and then fly up to – I think they're playing at Indy this weekend. No. He'd still fly up to Indy after uh, – Going for four touchdowns and hurdling Michael Taft the way he hurdled. Can you imagine Hayden. if he was on the sideline waving to the Texas fans on their sideline the day of the game? How <laughs> horrified would people be? Okay, you've got to go OU Art Bryles treatment. You can't let that guy in. You yeah, cannot yeah. let that guy in. If he if doesn't know, on the bicycle, right pass, no, no. If boy on the bicycle is trying to show up, if he's got a ticket, I don't care if he paid for it. You cannot <laughs> let that dude into DKR on Saturday. You can't. Bad mojo, know. bad vibes, bad juju, whatever you no, want to call it. If that guy's come. in the building on Saturday, we're losing. No. Kick him out. Yeah, Kick for out. sure. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for Malik Murphy. This is, I mean, this, you just got to take advantage of the opportunity. You've been waiting around, right? Been sitting here for almost two years. It's time. Here's a, here's a quote from Michael Taff. I thought this was pretty cool. I mean, the, the players in the Texas locker room love Malik Murphy. Like, uh, you don't have to worry about any leadership. You don't have to worry about, uh, well, you know, will the guys get along with the new quarterback? Like, uh, everyone sure. has nothing but great things to say about Malik Murphy. And it, it's not just this week, right? Like, of course, they're going to say good things because he's now the starting quarterback. No, like at every turn, the sure. other guys in that locker room have just praised Malik Murphy, time and time again. Here's a uh, pretty good quote from Michael Taft, the Texas safety. He's the first one in the building and the last one out. I think everybody would say the same thing. Hands down, one of the hardest workers on our team. You know, I think his confidence in himself to just know that he can make every throw on the field is really, really cool. I think the other thing is the whole locker room loves him. I think everybody in the locker room would say that they have a personal connection with Malik, and that's really cool. He's not a people pleaser, but he's just a positive guy and everybody attracts towards him and wants to be around him and wants to be his friend. So that's really cool as a teammate, end quote. Well, then you'll play for him. Yep. And you'll do the things that you need to do. You know what I'm saying? You won't, you'll do all those things just a little bit extra because you know he's, he's going to be in a tough situation and you can help him out. If you're his teammate, then help him out this weekend. He's going to need it. Yeah, I think that's well said. I think the guys will definitely rally around Malik Murphy and they will play for him. We'll just see how well Malik Murphy can play for his teammates. Yes, right, for sure. We'll get, we'll get back to more Texas BYU talk. We got to give some more love to some of our great sponsors, Buck. How about our good friends at Texas Orthopedic? If you're seeking specialized patient focused orthopedic care, contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics today. Their physicians offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults, spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement. They do it all. While you're there, say hello to Christopher Daney, of course, and Chris Stockton. They're dedicated orthopedic surgeons. Their goal is to get you right back in good health and give you that quality of life that you definitely deserve. Visit TXOrtho.com for more information. Texas Orthopedics, one of the largest independent orthopedic practices in the state of Texas. As I said, for more information, once again, go to txortho.com. Yes, indeed. Hey, if you're looking for tickets to Texas and BYU, 
look no further than SentexTickets.com. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to get on the phone. You just pull up your phone, pull up the browser, search SentexTickets.com, and boom, right there, you can find tickets to this weekend's game. Hey, you can find tickets to every Texas game right there at SentexTickets.com. And, of course, it's not just the Longhorns. Um, we've got a World Series coming to the state of Texas. If you're looking for tickets, game one this Friday, game two this Saturday in Arlington, they've got tickets on site right now at SendTextTickets.com. Every sporting event, every concert, Broadway shows, festivals, you name it, they've got it. SendTextTickets.com. Shout out to our friends at 7-Eleven as oh, well. Yeah. Might give me a Slurpee today in celebration, Buck. Today might be. I need the hard copy. Hard copy Tuesday. Hard copy of what? The paper, my friend, ah. not, not the Playboy, the hard copy. That's right of the Austin American Statesman. I need that one right now. Lots of good things coming in the fall. I got to check out the metro section and see what I've got going on. For oh, sure. your metro, your metro now. Uh, very metro, always, hmm. always. Yes, lots of great things happening in this Austin area for the fall. Don't want to miss it. Don't want to miss anything. So I go to Seven Eleven, get my hard copy, get into it, get ready. Maybe. Pick up a Snickers bar today, maybe, Ooh. or or maybe not. Yeah, well, if you're a normal person, you go to 7-Eleven for other stuff besides the newspaper. They've got the coffee if you're on your way to work. They've got the Slurpees, the Big Gulps, the taquitos, the pizza, the nachos, all the snacks, all the fuel you need to get you through every day. They've got it there at 7-Eleven. And, and, of course, BK, I've got to get, uh, get to Brandon Mars because – I can't do the plow and the mule anymore, so I, I need a tiller. So I need to till some of this. You know, after getting all that dirt and stuff out of my truck and sand, now I've got to till the fields or at least 15 feet. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's, yeah, you, I got to get that done. They got a little uh, blue pill if you're struggling with plowing, but <laughs> I think that's, I think that's they, what they that. Brandon Mars has that at Top Gun? <laughs> no, I don't think Brandon needs that, and I don't think they sell that at Top Gun. Okay. But. They've got that. Yep, Top Gun the best. Rentals and lawn equipment. You can Absolutely. buy stuff. You can rent stuff. Anything that you need to get done at your house or your job site, whatever. They've got the tools to make it happen at Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Two Austin area locations, one in Anderson Square up north, the other down south on South First, topgun.net. We will shoot you straight. Did you just happen to just absolutely turn in to see the Minnesota Vikings and what they did last night? You know, they did win a big football game over, you know, that team that the Cowboys just can't beat. Well, yeah, I'd like to I, I'd like to congratulate the Niners on winning their Super Bowl because apparently that was the Cowboys game because since then they have played like shit and they've lost two games in a row to the sub-500 Cleveland Browns and the sub-500 Minnesota Vikings. So way to go, San Francisco. Glad you uh, beat Dallas and talked all that trash on Sunday Night Football because – since then, you haven't been able to figure it out. Oh, that's right. That was a group that said, hey, we can beat you by more than what we beat you the last time, right? Yeah, yeah they were uh, really focused on that game. And, you know, the Cowboys bounced back with a win. I'm not talking trash as a Cowboys fan. The sounds like you are. It sounds like you're talking Cowboy trash there. I'm just I'm just saying, like, you know, since since then, the, the Niners haven't been the same team. And, yes, no. congratulations to your Minnesota! Thank you, Thank Joe. You. Appreciate how about, that. How about that, man? Kirk Cousins was awesome last night. And and for a guy who's got a reputation, 
kind of a well-deserved reputation. Yeah, being just a horrible primetime quarterback uh, against one of the best defenses in football. He was magnificent last night without Justin Jefferson, too. That makes his performance even more impressive. Yeah, Addison was really good. The, the rookie was fantastic last night. I mean, that the touchdown takeaway that he had to steal the ball because he had just gotten one taken from him, got overpowered, you know, and then then the second one, that was that was nice. He's really having a nice, nice rookie year. Yeah, seven catches, 123 oh, yards, yeah. and two touchdowns for Jordan Addison, who, uh, look, the Vikes were expecting big things from him when they drafted him, but they figured, all right, here, you're our number two because we've got maybe the best receiver in the world and Justin Jefferson on the other side. Well, with Jefferson out, uh, the Vikings needed Addison to step up, and he stepped up in a big, big way. And, yeah, like you said, that, that uh, play right at the end of the first half that looked like an interception – and that's just when you know it's your night. If if that pass Absolutely. is turning yes. into a touchdown instead of an INT. Dude, that pass never turns into a touchdown. That turns into an incompletion or an INT. You're right. Yep. That I mean, never hell, turns into a touchdown. There was a similar play early in the game, right, where it was kind of a 50-50 ball, and Traverius Ward took it away from Jordan Addison, and it was an interception. But uh, this time around on the bigger play, yeah, they, uh, they turned it into a late first-half score. And Minnesota, they hold on. I'll tell you what, when – when Minnesota missed that field goal, they had a chance to make it an eight-point game with like a minute and a half left. They missed the field goal. The Niners get great field position. They score a touchdown. They win the game. I was thinking, all right, sorry, Minnesota. You missed your chance. Here comes San Francisco, and they're going to find a way to get it done. But Brock Purdy, man, a couple of picks on the last two drives for the Niners. He throws a pick that iced the game, too, on that final possession. Uh, he did not play a great game last night. That Niners offense without Debo Samuel, who's missed the last couple of weeks, I don't think it's a coincidence that they've sputtered without him. They've fallen on some hard times, and Brock Purdy has been brought back down to earth a little bit after being the MVP favorite coming off that win against Dallas. Back-to-back uh, -back subpar performances by him. Well, you know you know who really looks good? Uh, Jordan Hicks is playing well for the Vikings right now. Yeah, dude, Jordan Hicks has got to be an old dude now. He started out where, Philly? Yeah, he's, he's in his 30s for sure. He's been in the league for a minute. Yeah, I, I was thinking Jordan Hicks got to be 32, 33 years old maybe. Yeah, I think he's so. Been, he's been around forever. Boy, is he playing well for the Vikings, at linebacker. He gets all over the place, still boundary-to-boundary -boundary type of linebacker, mm -hmm. making things happen for him. It's good to see Minnesota play a little bit better defense than they played before too. Yeah, Brian Flores, the D.C. in yes. Minnesota, he, he blitzes a lot. I mean, he just – Oh, he brings it. He brings it nonstop for four quarters, and it, it can be confusing for an opposing quarterback, and it can wear down an offense and an offensive line, and it kind of looked like that was the case last night. So, hey, big win for Minnesota. Like, they, they started 0-3, and look, I'll be honest, I kind of stuck a fork in them. There were all sorts of Kirk Cousins trade rumors. Not you know, anymore. There were reports about just a full-on fire sale, right? Like, not just getting rid of Cousins, but like, hey, man, let's just, you know, rebuild let's just get rid of all of our good players get a bunch of draft picks and uh try to start anew next year but uh, minnesota's won three of its last four games um they're they're in the mix right now they still have some work to do obviously detroit's still in first place in the nfc north but uh yeah minnesota who who looked lost for a while through the first month of the year they have uh, figured some things out and that's a huge win for them over a really really talented san francisco team that's uh, the type that can get your season back on track and how about this stat man i think kyle shanahan's one of the best coaches in football i think most people would agree with me this stat makes no sense the 49ers 
are now 0-36 under Kyle Shanahan when trailing by eight or more in the fourth quarter. That's regular season or playoffs. The Niners as a team have lost 37 in a row in that scenario. Only the Panthers have a longer streak of 45 straight games of losing when they're down by eight or more in the fourth quarter. Now, obviously, when you're down by that much late, it's tough. Uh, No team has an over 500 record, although Mahomes might be pretty close. Like, those wins don't happen often. But the fact that that team that's had that much talent under Kyle Shanahan has not been able to come from behind one single time. When they're down by by eight or more? Yeah, eight or more. We're not talking like 14 or 21, just eight or more. That is, that's pretty wild, man. Like, there are so many stats that tell you how good Kyle Shanahan is and tell you how good San Francisco is. But, like, if they're not playing with the lead in the fourth quarter, front they runners. Lose. Yeah, they're front runners, man. Like, they're, they're usually playing with the lead. So, that's right. Know, they're usually whatever. front runners, yes. Yeah, every team wants to play with the lead. That, that goes without saying. But kind of remarkable that uh, the 49ers, just if they're down in the fourth quarter like that, they, they, can't, they can't win. They Sounds like a 5,000-unit play this week on the 49ers. Oh. They're not going to be happy. You're going you're gonna to do that to the Niners, huh? They're not going to be happy. With you're going to do that to our guy, Kevin Dunn, who's reeling a little bit, being a Niners fan. You're going to Why are they, sure. are they off? Are they off now? No, but you're going to make sure they lose a game because of that. What scrubbing are they playing on Sunday? They've got Cincinnati at home. It's in San Fran. The Niners, a – five-and-a-half-point favorite right now. But Niners-Bengals is uh, – so not the easiest bounce-back game. Yeah, but I'll make I'll just make that my 1,000-unit play right now. You can't do it right now. It's too early. They're, they're, they're bouncing back. Yeah, they're, they're going to bounce you, back. You, yeah. you can't make the play right now. You got to wait till the line moves a little bit. So or I need to let it move, let it roll a little bit until it, it gets to six-and-a-half. I'll give you Thursday. Last week I gave you Thursday with your Tampa okay. Bay pick. You got it at two-and-a-half. It moved up to three – and I still gave you two and a half, and guess what? You missed it. Didn't it didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter because Young Baker. Hoku. Yeah, and Young Baker Wade. decided to throw two picks. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's what he does, you know. Wow. He's he's Baker. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, there's your game. So nice win for your Vikes. Entertaining Monday night football game, man. I think most people kind of thought it'd be a stinker, figured it'd be a relatively easy win for San Francisco, but that was uh that was entertaining throughout. I had the sound on that. Yeah, I, my, my superstitious I, I, ass was watching the Rangers on mute because I did that in Game Six and it worked. So I was listening in on Joe and Troy and was pretty focused on that football game. It was it was a good one. You know, I I just once I got rid of Dalvin Cook, I thought that they were they were ca- kind of calling the season. I know they like the, the the running backs that they have right now. They played well again last night. That guy, you talking a guy getting downhill? He doesn't make a whole lot of cuts. But man, when he hits it up in there, he hits it hard. Who's but, that, Madison or? Yeah, I like Madison. I, Madison, I like him a lot. Mm. But I thought once they gave up, gave up on Dalvin Cook, they were about to get rid of Kirk Cousin and everybody. I thought that was going to be it anyway. Yeah. But it's it's working out for him now. Yeah, I mean they're three and four, still have some work to do. But uh, man, that's a huge win, huge huge win for them on Monday Night Football with everybody watching, and uh, yeah, with Detroit losing. I mean Minnesota, their next. Five games at Green Bay. They're not very good. At Atlanta, winnable. Saints at home, Denver, Chicago. Winnable. Wow. They they could go three and two, maybe four and one. We're on a roll. We're on a roll to the playoffs. Sorry about that, Detroit. 
Yeah, well, I still think the Lions are going to win the division, but maybe a wild card spot could be in the cards for Minnesota. And once again, it, it just doesn't feel like they're going to blow it up and have that trade deadline fire sale that maybe some people were trade thinking. deadline next week, correct? After uh, who is it that soon? I, yeah, we're 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 getting upon a trade deadline, I believe. BK, I think it may be next week or the week after. Let me do a quick Google search here because I actually have Get no the Google's clue. on that. Uh, October 31st. Yeah. A week from today. Oh, trigger treat y'all. How about that? Good call. Damn. That's uh, oh shoot. We're almost at the midway point of the NFL season, which Hell, Aaron Rodgers oh. should be back soon. No, I don't, I don't think he's coming back this year. No, no. He's Although he is warming up. You see him on the sidelines, like throwing and jogging around and shit. Get like he wants off to of the sideline. Will you, before you get hit all those John drugs, Jackson. the ayahuasca, man, all the stuff he's taken. If anyone could come back from that injury, it's that guy with the random medicine he's getting involved with. Those mushrooms work like that? Huh. That guy's on more than mushrooms, I think. Oh, okay. I don't know what he's on, but he might be on something that's going to help out for sure. All right. Uh, what else? Oh, let's give some love to AV Consultations before right. we get into some of the other. Because we, we've got some other big football takeaways from the weekend that uh, we want to talk about. But, hey, there's no better time of the year to be a sports fan than right now. <laughs> How about a word from our guy Tom McKay over at AV Consultations? Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here, and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com. Love Tom McKay. Thank you very much, Tom. And, of course, Dr. Greg Eckert. You know, when you're looking to brighten up that smile, you can get it done with Dr. Eckert. I had mine a lifetime of brightness now with these veneers that he put in in just two visits with Dr. Eckert. But if you're thinking about something else like dental implants and you want to leave the office with a smile, turning that frown upside down, how about dental implants? Find out if you're a candidate by giving Dr. Eckert a call at 512-345-3166. He's also doing extractions, teeth whitening, teeth cleaning, tooth loss solutions. He's all about that. General dentistry, the things that a bunch of folks need and just don't want to go to the dentist and just keep putting it off. Don't put that, don't put off those cavities whatsoever. And if you got the old snaggle tooth, let Dr. Ecker get that stuff all fixed up for you now. Got dental insurance, which a bunch of you have. Please use it before you lose it. Don't wait till December. It'll be too late. His office will be filled up with appointments, and you don't want to do that. But as of now, he's taking on new clients as we speak, BK. He, he would love to make you feel better. If you, need, if you need IV sedation in order to go to the dentist, Dr. Eckert will do that for you also. Don't let that tooth decay get to you and screw up your regular health. Just it'll, it'll not only mess up your dental health, but it'll mess up your regular health. As we get close to the holidays, if you're thinking about veneers and taking those selfies, see Dr. Eckert like I did. Over 1,400 cases of restoring teeth, over 28 years of business. He's our dentist. He should be your dentist also. Yes, indeed. And you know who Quinn Ewers needs to call? Who's that? Our friends at Woods Comfort Systems. <laughs> Results AC joint. Quinn's AC is messed up. If your AC is messed up, you got to call Woods Comfort Systems. And hey, the Bucks said it should be getting a little chilly. Yeah, baby, that baby's going to kick on. That heater's going to kick on. Yep. If you want to make sure your heater is ready to roll for these winter months coming up, 
you got to call our friends at Woods Comfort Systems. They've been around for 60 years, providing top quality HVAC and plumbing services as well. They are dedicated to keeping you comfortable in your home in every season. Woods Comfort Systems, great people who do phenomenal work. Just go to the website, woodscomfortsystems.com, or give them a call, 512-842-5066. Heater repair and service, AC maintenance, duct work, attic insulation, and once again, plumbing services as well. Woods Comfort Systems, where comfort is our middle name. Nice, man. Uh, some big takeaways from the weekend of football. I'll give you the floor first. College or the NFL? We'll get back into Texas and BYU, and we'll talk a little bit more baseball before we get out of here. But we spent most of yesterday's show talking about the Longhorns win over Houston and talking about the American League Championship Series. We didn't spend much time at all talking about some of the other big storylines from around the football world. What stood out to you this weekend? Is how Jim Harbaugh, how, how he's going to get away with this. How, how coach is going to get away with this this deal of stealing signs? I mean, it's unethical. You can't do it. You can steal all the signs you want when you're at the ballpark that day. I mean, if your if your staff calls you up on the headset and says, "Hey, here's what they're doing. Here's what, uh, day daytime stuff or something," but when you're sending guys across country to eleven different venues to look at you know from across the field and just out and out spying on groups, you can't do that. I don't know how he's going to get away with it. He missed four games in the beginning of the season with the NCAA, something's about to happen to Michigan that I don't think is going to be very good. I don't think they're going to let this one slide. Mm. I don't know how you can. Yeah, they I mean, that's, dead up that's dead up cheating. Yeah. I mean, if, you're, if I'm in your ballpark and your, your GA is giving away signs by doing a certain thing or your sign guy over there with the funny signs that's holding up, I figure that out, that's on you. But you can't send somebody to a, to a ball game, pay for their flight, pay for their hotel room, do all this stuff, buy tickets for them, and, and have them spy on other teams. You just can't do it. Yeah, the report came out yesterday. We got a little bit more clarity surrounding this situation with Michigan. Uh, Pete Thamel reported that a Michigan staffer by the name of Connor Stallions bought tickets for more than 30 games at 11 Big Ten schools over the past three years. And apparently video evidence of sideline taping is expected to be sent to the NCAA this week so uh there are also reports of public venmo transactions involving this connor stallions cat tickets yeah or tickets um yeah and this uh, of course all coincides with michigan being good right i mean three years ago the conversation surrounding jim harbaugh was well he's good but he can't get over the ohio state hump and he can't win the big 10 and he can't make the playoff and he's never going to be an elite coach and this is never going to be an elite program and then obviously the last two years they've beaten ohio state both times they've made it to the college football playoff both times now they've lost both of those both of those cfp games but clearly they've turned a corner as a program and maybe you start to see why it's because they've been cheating a little bit so i man i i think like i i think there's an obvious scenario here for how this thing plays out Jim Harbaugh, he's going to go to the NFL after this year. Oh yeah, he yeah he's going to. He, he's he's not going to get punished. They're not, they're not going to punish him midseason because the NCAA, you yeah. know how long they take with stuff yeah. like this. They're going to drag their feet. They're not going to want to do anything midseason. So they'll let Michigan play out its season, and then this off season they'll really ramp up the investigation, and then it'll, it will be clear and obvious that something's going to happen to Jim Harbaugh because something should happen to Jim Harbaugh here uh, if this stuff is proven to be true. And then, you know, to avoid a suspension, 
He's just going to take a job in the NFL because, you know, yeah. someone in the NFL is going to want him again because they've wanted him the last few years. Like that's that's how this thing ends. And then whoever coaches Michigan next, that guy probably gets punished. But like, I, I think it's uh, I think it's obvious how the, the next few months are going to shake out. No. Well, he's got to win them all. I mean, yeah. it's one loss in there. Now they've got a, they've got a, they've got some kind of reason to, to back him out, to push that team from a team that is possibly number one or number two to about number eight or nine with a loss. I mean, just no matter how late it is in the season, they're going to go, well, here's what we're going to do in all fairness. We're going to take them from wherever their seating is. They're not going to make it to the college playoffs if they lose a game, I don't believe. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Worse. Yeah, that's it's, it's just the NCAA is going to feel like they have to have some kind of power over this thing. I mean, Michigan has a game against Penn State, and they've got a game against Ohio right. State left. Now, they'll probably beat Penn State because we know how Penn State plays in big games. Sure. That game is in Happy Valley, though. I will say that. Uh, Michigan hosts Ohio State this year. That's the final game of the season for both of those teams. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe Michigan can lose a game and still make the playoff. Like, Ohio State lost to Michigan last year and still got in. So, it all depends on what happens around the country. Like, I, I don't think I – don't, I don't know, but I don't think the – allegations would have too much to do with whether or not Michigan gets into the playoff. Like, I, I think it just has more to do with what happens around the country. If Michigan loses a game, whether or not they get in, but I don't expect them to lose a game. Like, I, I wonder if Michigan wins the title this year, are they going to have to vacate that title in like two years? Well, that's what I'm saying. Are they going to owe somebody some money? I mean, what, what are they going to do? I mean, for, for, for some of these games over the last couple of years or them getting into the, you know, the, the, the college playoffs over the last couple of years, are they going to have to give money back for some of these, wins that they got because it's going to come down. They've been cheating. They've been looking at Ohio state. They've been looking at Penn state. They've been looking at Michigan state, which they shouldn't have to look at, but there's something goofy in the water there in the, in the state of Michigan, because that right there is just flat out cheating. And you can't have that. And that's like the no, no's of all no, no's still, it's still in signs. This isn't, this isn't like baseball. I mean, football wise, you can't start taking trips to places and sitting on both sides of the field. I mean, this cat was going on one side of the field, looking over, and then he was going on the home side. Looking, I mean, yeah. what the hell's going on there? You can't bought, do that. Bought tickets on both sides. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 crazy. You're paying a guy who's probably a not volunteer. You're paying him something because he. I mean, he's using Michigan gear. He's using you know he's somebody's giving him a credit card to go to hotel rooms or whatever. And even if they don't find it out, they're just going to go back and find out. Does he has he been reimbursed for? His money, you know? Yeah, you think there's any chance this Connor Stallions guy was going rogue on this deal and was doing no, this? No, 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 I don't think so. Yeah. I somebody mean, sent that guy. Somebody, that guy, once that guy came back with evidence to, to to Harbaugh or somebody on that staff saying, here's what I find, I found out about him, about him. They said, hey, keep up their good work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's working. Why would you stop, right? Yeah. Uh, Michigan has played its best football under Jim Harbaugh over the last couple of years since they started doing this. So uh, why stop? Yeah, I mean, maybe the NCAA will have to prove that Jim Harbaugh had knowledge of the situation. But for me, it doesn't matter. Like the, the, the buck stops at the top always. Yes. The, co the coach is always held responsible with what goes on in his program. It's as simple as that. That's right. So the coach almost always knows, mind you, Joe Paterno, the coach, Art Bryles, the coach knows regardless of how much they'll tell you that they don't know, but it, it shouldn't matter. Uh, even if the coach somehow, some way doesn't know about what's going on, it's his program. Like he hired the guy 
who's doing this. So he's held responsible for what's going that's on. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, that's it's a mess, man. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. I, I do wonder because Michigan's the best team in the country right now for me. Yes, I, I would say if, if you – I mean, they're not going to take George out because, you know, the two-time defending champ, until they lose, you just let it be. But the, the next best team stays right there because it doesn't affect anything with them really being number two. Because right. they, can, they can win their way into number one. But, man, if this goes – I'm telling you, if, if this is found out to be true before this season ends, BK, the NCAA and college football is just waiting for a reason for Michigan to lose a game. They won't get to the college playoffs. Somebody else will slide in there that's not as good as Michigan, but they're going to get punished for this one right here some way, shape, or form. But like you say, when the season's over with, Harbaugh's gone. He's gone to the NFL. And the next dude that's in there is going to pay a price. Yep. That's usually how it works with the NCAA. Or maybe it'll just punish SMU for this. Well, why not get them? <laughs> hey, uh, you know, let the big, uh, let the blue bloods off the hook, and let's go punish some small school for doing something like that. That's, no, you can't. You can't do that. I mean, no, all coaches know that. Big. And boy, it doesn't take long for that to get around either. That didn't. That, that that may have been happening for a few years, but once somebody somebody once the snitch came out, boy, that got that got around in a hurry. Yeah, and they started investigating tickets and you know hotel rooms and flights. They're going to be all over this from top to bottom for this guy. Yep. I think there were a few different coaches that went to the NCAA. Like, they didn't go to the conference. Yeah, my so. guy Rutgers went quickly. Yeah, Shiano. Yep. I mean, he's probably thinking, hey, if I go to the Big Ten, well, the Big Ten wants to get a team in the playoff. They want to have a team win a national championship, so they're not going to do anything here. But maybe if I go to the NCAA and let them know what's going on, then we could actually get the ball rolling here and – Sure enough, the ball is is rolling, and it is snowballing right now. Oh, yeah. So, uh, once again, reports are that the NCAA does have evidence this week, or they're at least getting evidence this week with some uh, video footage of Connor Stallions, the Michigan staffer, filming some of Michigan's opponents. And, uh, yeah, this, this will be interesting to watch unfold over the next few weeks, months, years. Who knows how long this thing takes. He just doesn't seem got? like the kind of coach that would do that. I think he would just take his own. Oh. Well, there's there's no such thing as the kind of coach that wouldn't do on, something man. to give their team a competitive advantage. Come on, man. That's it's, not – I mean, that's going way out of the ordinary right there. That's – I bet you, you think he's the only coach doing this right now? Come on. To this extent, I would believe so. Uh, I, I doubt he's the only coach. It's just like, you know, the Astros when they got caught cheating the way they were cheating in 2017. You think they were the only team doing that? I just say if if you got somebody in house that's been a scout around this the, around college football for a long time and you go scout a game and you're just doing the basics, but I don't think you're sitting there with a filming. This is worse than what the Patriots did. Mm. Spygate. Yeah, this is worse than Spygate right here. This kind of stuff. I mean, having oh. all these tickets going to going to all of these facilities to do this. I mean, how did the guy, what did he do? Just pull out a camera and start doing it? What on his cell phone? What did he set up a platform right there at his I seat? Don't I mean, know. He, I had a, he had like a tripod. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> when they show this evidence, I can't wait to see what this guy yeah. was trying to get away with. Because you know it wasn't just a little iPhone. I know the iPhone 15 is really something special that's out there. But I got to believe he he tripoded this. And, I mean, that that's mm. going to be horrible. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Crazy situation in uh, the world of college football right now. Michigan just keeps winning on the field. They beat up on 
Adolf Hitler and the Michigan State Spartans 49 to nothing. And how dumb is that? That is like this. That place is that place needs to be torn down and started over again. You know, that that just needs to be redone. Do it over. You know, what a year for Michigan State. Our guy, Jeff Howe, we've got a Texas Sports Unfiltered group text and he sent us this. Don't think there's ever been a college football season where a team has bottomed out on the field, fired the coach after he touched himself on a call with the vendor, and had to issue a statement explaining why Hitler was on their video board after they lost 49 to nothing to their biggest rival. Man. And we're sitting here like, God, we only beat Houston by seven. What is wrong with us? Uh, At least we're not Michigan State. Dudes wow. and dudettes, what a disaster up there in East. Well, Lansing. we should never be and never will be. That no. Well, maybe I should never. Don't say never, but as of the as of so far in the history, the school hasn't been that. No, we we should never be putting uh, Hitler on the jumbotron. That's wow. that's for damn sure. What a what a nightmare year, what a nightmare decade it's been for the Michigan State athletic department. Good news. Coaches fondling themselves over the phone. Really? Oh Come on, man. And guys got to get some action, you know. God, the other coaches sending sending squadrons out to take video of other teams. Really, I wonder if there's any video of that going on. Man, uh, man. I'd like I'd like to give I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Minnesota and Iowa for hitting the under in that game. By the man, way, man, oh man, is that Historic, some bad stuff? Historically low total. I think the total closed at thirty and a half for that Minnesota Iowa game, and that was way too many points. Uh, some serious controversy at the end of that. Iowa got absolutely screwed out of a win there with that pit fair catch deal. Did you see this? Dude, that wasn't even close. Wasn't even close to a fair catch signal. That was a joke. Iowa got robbed of a win there. That's a huge rivalry game, too. And Iowa's trying to win the Big Ten West. Like, all of that got taken from them by a bunch of zebras. Dude, by the way, that nobody slowed down for that, what they thought was a fair catch signal. Those guys just... Missed that dude, and he just took off. All he's doing is telling his guys to get out of the way. It never, it never, the hand never got past like his waist. What he was doing, he was almost pointing downward. That's yeah. not a legitimate fair catch signal. That's not. That's nothing. That's just telling your guys, look out, this ball is going to bounce. I'm probably going to catch it. That's all it was. I mean, anybody with any common sense that's not wearing stripes would have said, "Oh no, I know what he's trying to do. He's just trying to move his players out of the way so he can get. The, if the ball is going to bounce, it'll bounce to him." But there is no way, shape, or form, if you've ever refereed a game, that you get caught in a position of saying that blow the whistle there. There's no chance. Did they ever blow the whistle, actually, or did they, did they get him for taking off with the ball? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they blew a whistle in real time, but, you know, after they let the play run out where the kid got into the end zone, they they got together and they're like, nope, illegal fair catch. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, everyone who ref that game should not be allowed to ref a game. I just thought that was just a game. great return. It was. Hey, the it dudes didn't slow. Hey, the guys didn't slow down. They were coming, nope, thinking it was a fair cat signal. They never stopped. No, bad bit, man. Bad, bad bit. Minnesota gets the win. Uh, good back-to-back days for Minnesota, man, with the Gophers and then the Vikings. Can I hear my president say that again, please? Minnesota. Thank you. Back, back to the Jello now. Jell-O. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't show you this on Friday or yesterday. Um, is it on a plane? No, no one on a plane. This is a video from a couple of years ago. And Trey and I talked about this on Friday. So 
remember who was on the call for Texas and Houston, right? Oh, yeah. It's Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman. Yeah. Very polarizing broadcasting duo. And I don't know if they're that polarizing. I think everyone hates them. So everyone's pretty much in cahoots with how they feel about those two. Uh, Spencer Tillman, of course, went to Oklahoma, played at Oklahoma. He doesn't love Texas, but man, Tim Brando is the Texas hater of all Texas haters. Like Tillman seems like a Longhorn fan compared to Brando with the way that he just openly roots against Texas. Well, I forgot to show you this from a couple of years ago. This is a, you know, how they do jump around at Wisconsin after the third quarter Sure, and and the whole stadium's going nuts and everyone's jumping around. They're doing what the song tells them to do. And that's like one of the coolest scenes in college football. Uh, This is a video from the broadcast booth. Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman were on a call of a Wisconsin game and some very interesting dancing going on with these two jabronis. Check it out. Hey, fellas, no, please. I have kids. I have kids by my YouTube, please. What in the hell? Dude, they showed that on live TV. No, like, they did? Yeah, it's like Spencer Tillman's twerking and Tim Brando gets right up against him and starts grinding on him. Nothing wrong oh. with a little bump and grind, I guess. Wow. Wow, you're not getting any at home? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, Tim. I mean, I don't know who's worse in that cut. Is it is it Brando for putting his hands no, on the, re- the receiver? Or is it is it Tillman it's, for like, it's Tillman? It's it's Tillman for enjoying it. I mean, he he backed his ass up into Brando there. <laughs> I mean, what, uh, what? Oh my God! He was waiting for like he was. Tillman was waiting for another shot. He was going. Is that all you're going to give me? Is one? Come on, Tim. I mean, who do uh, who dances like that? And it's jump around, not grind on your broadcast partner. Like, <laughs> you're, you're supposed to just jump. Maybe you put your arm around the guy next to you and you jump together. But you don't. You don't twerk no, on a dude. Not, and, this is not a little bump and grind, no, boys. No, something this, is wrong with a little bump and grind in the yeah. announcer's booth, dude. Yeah. Where did you get that from, man? Oh man, that's <laughs> it was way on bad. TV. This thing went viral like right after it happened. Like this wasn't just a uh, oh, someone had a random camera in the booth and caught this. This was no, the game was on FS1. I wish you'd have caught some frontsies of those two jumping around. That'd have been great. Yeah. What is this broke back, broke back mountain video? What, what are you doing? Oh my, like, come on, man! Oh man, never bring that back again! Wow, <laughs> broke back grind, woman. I didn't even you know? grind that much at uh, my bar mitzvah, dude. Wow. I mean, there's there's some serious grinding going on there. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is like grown man stuff here. Wow, uh, don't ever do that again, you two. God. They should even they should even allowed to be together again. Not because of that, because they're horrible together <laughs> as broadcasters. But yeah, maybe that's the icing on the cake for why they should never be allowed to do. I mean, hell, Tim Brando shouldn't be allowed to call any game. I don't care who he's with. That guy is terrible. And I'm worried. Do we know who's on the call for Texas BYU? 
Are we going to get those two again? No, they're not going to do that. I can't remember what channel. Maybe a Big 12 game somewhere. Oh, it's on ABC. We're good. I, I, I was worried it was a Fox game, but it's an ABC uh, 2.30 game for Texas on Saturday. So no worries about uh, having to see this. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Yeah. Oh all right. Goodness. Oh, that's, my goodness. Please. That's, that's enough. That's I, enough. Can't quit, I can't quit you, Spencer. <laughs> uh broke back buck broke back brando <laughs> brando really oh god how about a word for our friends who do we need to give some love to oh how about uh, a recorded spot from our friends over at pest wranglers pest wranglers pest wranglers pest wranglers what are you doing i'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name but we're not like other companies anyone could see that from our five-star reviews but how will people remember pest wranglers well once they try us they'll never forget that we are the most effective reliable and affordable pest control company i guess you're right pest wranglers is the best at pest control wildlife management termite pest control wranglers, pest wranglers pest wranglers what are you doing hey it couldn't hurt pest wranglers 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pest wranglers.com wow i'm just tears are in my eyes those two rump wranglers i mean really <laughs> wow uh, that is something special isn't it yes it uh, is that's hey, a video to be that's one of the best ever we're keeping that one for sure speaking of uh special how about jack allen's kitchen Bucky? oh yeah man i was there yesterday nice with foss yes jambalaya they had some homemade jambalaya that they did it was delicious oh wow i gotta go back for that because i don't like it too spicy but i gotta have a little spice in it let me tell you they, it was delicious delicious for lunch yesterday god that place is awesome man they've got great burgers they've got great enchiladas they've got quesadillas they've got something for everybody a uh, full bar as well tvs all over the place there are oh, five yeah, pimento cheese a little pimento cheese oh. to start it did you get some of that? I did. There you go. I yeah, most certainly did. House-made pimento with those great crackers to start off your meal. Yeah, it's it's next level, man. You're going to get a phenomenal dining experience every time you go to any of the five Austin area Jack Allen's kitchen locations. The food is to die for, man. The service is second to none. I'm telling you, every time I've been there, like they, they're, the waiters, waitresses, they're right there all the time. Uh, it's a first-class experience at Jack Allen's kitchen. Many thanks to them for being one of our great par uh, partners here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. And also thanks to Great Blue Heron Furniture. Hi, little doggy. The little doggo sitting on oh, Bucky's head. Every, little every doggo. Day. Yeah, well, you can't get the dog at Great Blue Heron Furniture. At least I don't think. I got to talk to Matt and see uh, maybe if, if he's for sale. But you can't get that couch that the dog is sitting on. And if you're looking for a great couch or a recliner or a chair – or an ottoman, or a headboard, or a bar stool, anything. Any great furniture, you can find it at Great Blue Heron Furniture. It's a custom leather furniture company that's been around since 1991. Longhorn owned. Most of the manufacturing is done right here in the great state of Texas. You're supporting local whenever you buy a piece from greatblueheronfurniture.com. And I'm telling you, this stuff is beautiful, and it is also the highest quality furniture that you can find. You're not going to be able to find more stylish, more comfortable, or more well-built furniture anywhere in the world. They've got you covered at greatblueheronfurniture.com. If you're watching us on YouTube, click the link in the video description below. It will take you right to the Texas Sports Unfiltered collection. And hey, we've got a promo code, 15% off your order. If you type in hook'em 
at checkout. It's that simple. 15% off. If you type in Hook'em, you're going to get some amazing furniture that you're going to love, but also everybody who comes over to your house is going to love, too. This stuff is the best there is. Shout out to our friends at GreatBlueHeronFurniture.com. Well, very important practice today, BK. Tuesday practice, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, kind of kind of the physicalness has to be there for this football team because but, I'm not going to say they got out physical on Saturday, but they weren't as physical as I thought they should have been against a team like Houston. We had talked about Houston being one of the worst teams in the Big 12 and nationally ranked as some of the worst positioning that, that this team was. But, boy, they let them off the hook. And it wasn't that they let them off the hook early. They had them early. They just should have kept their foot on the gas, and, and they really never did. And that that was very disappointing in that football game. It, that was a game that I thought you were going to see a running back rush for over 200-some yards. We had talked about two running backs at 100 yards. Yeah. And Texas just kind of – it wasn't sleepwalking because they got up 21. It's just yeah. that they didn't carry that, that. There's a certain mentality that if you're going to be a champion, you want to be a champion, that you play with every time you're on the field – and they didn't do that. Some guys just got lured into, I don't know what it was, and especially on the defensive end. And I thought the offensive line was just okay. I didn't think they were great on Saturday. And this is an offensive line that's supposed to be getting great. There's not, I mean, you know, they've got some, they've got some of their injuries here and there, but they've built depth over the last two years, two and a half years, that they shouldn't look the way they should be against teams like Houston. They should be mauling those groups. Yeah, man. I, all gas, no breaks, right? Isn't that the mantra for Steve Sarkeesian? We haven't heard him say that that much this year. Maybe he needs to start preaching that again to the guys in the locker room because uh, there was some serious brake tapping this past week, and there was some brake tapping in the Oklahoma game too with yeah. some of the decisions that were made in the second half of that one. Uh, Texas clearly was all gas in the first quarter and a half, and then well, Sark called it a lack of killer instinct. You know, whatever it is, they just they let up against Houston and obviously let the Cougs back in that game. And well, it looked like it was going to be an easy win for Texas and an easy cover for Texas. And maybe we were going to see some Malik Murphy and Arch Manning in that game. Yes. And well, I think we did see Malik Murphy, but not the way anybody wanted to see Malik Murphy. Uh, yeah. Texas just offensively, defensively, they just kind of let up way too much and give Houston credit. Like they had to make the place. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from them. They, uh, they made some things happen on their end, but yeah, yeah, you just you want you want to be a team like we talk about Alabama, and when people talk about them it being oh they lost to Texas they're no good or look what they're doing now I mean you want to be a champ that's how champions play you know what I mean they may be down for a little bit and it, and this is University of Texas they've been down for years but now you have an opportunity and you've got a really good ball club you got a good coaching staff but you still play like you're just just playing a game you're not playing you're not champ playing championship football you know competent football where teams that you're supposed to beat, you beat down. You play to the standard of the other team, and I don't, I'm, I'm still not getting that yet because I don't think they have it yet. You know what I mean? You play for one quarter as if you're champions, but that's just a facade. You, you just Because then in the next quarter, you, play, you don't play good. You, know, you do dumb things or you make dumb play calls or, or guys get beat. Guys that are good enough athletes not to get beat like that just look very average, like average football players, and you mm -hmm. can't do that. Because, I mean, do you think of Alabama as just that – don't you think of them as playing championship football all the time? They may have a down game or, or two games, but, you know, when things start getting tough, they're right back in the thick of things again. They don't get worse. 
No, I mean, look, Saturday's a prime example, right? Alabama was down 20 to seven at halftime against Tennessee, and they pitched a shutout in the second half, outscoring Tennessee 27 to nothing. They ended up winning and covering in that game right there. So, yeah, it must be nice when a down year is as yeah. good as Alabama's down year has been for them. They're a top 10 team once again, and they've only got that one loss. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's what Texas is trying to get to, right? Like, you're trying to get to that level of consistency. And, look, that's Alabama right. plays down games. They played a couple sure. of down games this year, and they find ways to win. That's the important thing is, hey, Texas, especially without Quinn Ewers, like, hey, they can they can have a couple of eh games, just keep finding ways to win yes. right now because that's what good teams do. But yeah, no, it's uh, the best teams have that killer instinct. They can take care of business against weaker opponents, and Texas just didn't do that. So they've got some things they clearly have to uh, to figure out. I mean, this is this is not a top four team in college football right now. They are still very much in the CFP conversation. They're the highest ranked one loss team in the country, and for my money. Until you lose your second game, you're always in the CFP conversation, assuming you play in a big Yeah, and, and and I'm going to – I'm going to – you know, we're going to start focusing in on obviously on BYU, but we're going to have to talk about their receivers and what they do in the passing game because right now that's the weak link of this Texas football team is that secondary. It's not good. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, not, it's barely adequate back there right now. That's not a good group. That That's not a competent group. Last year, they played with confidence. They came, they, you know, they would come downhill and strike people. They would cover people. They would bat down passes. They they can't be confident. They can't be a confident group playing right now, like all the confidence in the world. They just can't be. So we've got to look at the BYU wide receivers and their their quarterback and what they can do. Because I still believe that you're not going to just line up and run the ball against Texas. You're going to get some runs off where you can make a big play here or there. You'll bounce to the outside and make some things happen. But you're not going to spend four quarters saying we're going to run it down the Longhorns' throat. They just, I think they just have too many big people to do that. But in that secondary, you can make that a fourth-quarter playground if you want to, right. I believe. Yeah the, yeah, the end of my point was Texas has to play better if they're going to be a playoff team. Like That's, that, that's as simple as that. And the secondary has to get better. Uh, let's hear and from healthier, Sark. And healthier. And healthier, too. This is from after the game on Saturday. Here's Sark talking about fixing that secondary. First of all, we got to figure out which guys we're going to have back there, you know. And then, and then two, you know, part of it is the secondary. Part of it is, you know, getting the rush um, to where we can affect that quarterback more and force a few more errant throws um, because the running game was pretty much null and void. You know, we did a great job defending the run. Um, but but we've got to we got to find a way to to eliminate passing lanes um, and to play tighter coverage and then force some errant throws. You know if people are going to throw it that much, we we got to create some interceptions. We got to create some sacks, some sack fumbles. Yeah, I mean you got to be in guys' spaces where they overthrow. You know where they don't have those passing lanes, where they have to make difficult throws. The throws don't look very difficult right now for the for the opposing team. BK, they stand in a the pocket, they get time, they throw it. It's clean. You know, they need people in their face. They need more guys in their face. You know, once again, they were the team that pressured the quarterback more than anybody last year. They don't have that 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 type of pressure this year. They're not, they're not getting that, that kind of push for some odd reason again. They're playing a lot of coverage, and they're playing coverage with guys that can't cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, thank God Texas won that game on Saturday because – Oh, my goodness. Those crossing routes would have felt like the Maryland Jet sweeps. Oh, my God. For two years of that – yeah, just seeing that in our nightmares two years in a row, not being able to stop them. Like, that's what the crossing routes felt like on Saturday. Thankfully, Texas found a way to get a win. So uh, it doesn't hurt nearly as bad as those Maryland games did. But 
the crossing routes. And somebody asked Sark about that yesterday, by the way. We'll, we'll play this for you. One more Sark cut before we hand things off to Rodney and Wags here in about five minutes. Um, here's Sark talking about the crossing routes that gave Texas fits in H-Town. Crossing routes, you know, I think in twofold hurt us. Anytime you call crossers and you're in man coverage, it's difficult when they're picking the guy that's, that's guarding the man that's catching the ball. Um, and to their credit, they did a heck of a job picking us. You know, they didn't get called for it, so you can't complain that, that, it, that that's what was happening. Um, but it's, it's pretty obvious that, if, you know, when picks occur, and we got picked a couple times, and it created, that created a problem. We had one where it was poor communication. Um, we didn't cover it properly. And one, we were in zone. And when you're in zone, that's when you really got to be able to shut those crossers down and match those routes. So I think there was th- levels to it. Um, but, but inevitably, we're going to have to play it better because we're going to see a ton of crossers this week. That's one of the staples of, of what BYU does. So we're going to have to play it better. Yeah, they may have not have called it, Sark. You may have not have seen a lot of it. But, yeah, that's what college football teams do. They do a lot of crossing routes. And if they don't call it, it ain't a pick. So <laughs> it oh. doesn't matter what, what you think. They, you know, they got, a, they got away with a couple. It doesn't matter. If they don't call it, it's not a pick. I don't know if I agree with that, but I guess by the rule, if they don't call it, it's not a penalty. Uh, but yeah, the zone, I mean, look, Texas needed to play better. Like it's, I don't, I don't think there were like 10 instances. Of, this isn't the first game that people have crossed you. Crossed well, this, this was far and away the worst. I mean, like oh, it's it, worse. Yeah. But everybody else has been doing it. They've been crossed. They've been crossing routes. And the secondary has been great until the last two games. So like they, they're regressing this Injuries definitely have something to do with it. Like, I don't yes, think it's a coincidence that Ryan Watts has missed the last two games and Texas's secondary has looked as bad as it has. Uh, Jalen Catalan not being there on Saturday, I think, made a big difference, too. So uh, that's part of it as well. But, no, this secondary was great through five weeks. Like, it helped playing some backup quarterbacks. But, hell, I mean, against Alabama and Jalen Milrow, who's turned out to be a pretty solid player, they obviously were great against him. They didn't have too many problems, gave up the occasional big play. I'm not going to ignore that. But for the most part, they were pretty solid on the back end on defense. But, yeah, the last two weeks they have not. Oh, we're just holding our breath now when a guy drops back to pass. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's just – I'm more And I agree with over. 100% on the pressure. The pressure is not in the quarterback's face. You know, they're not taking you – know, they're not dropping way back because they're crossing and they're getting rid of the ball pretty quickly. But there needs to be some balls batted down. There needs to be somebody's hand in the quarterback's face. And these lanes can't be as clear as they are right now, too. Yep. And you're either going to have to – I mean, and, man, you're going to have to get around the picker or whoever it is and stay with your guy. It's just, it just has to be. It's, it's collective. Pretty, you know? Yeah, you, you need all 11 guys to be better on yes, defense. And I said it yesterday. I'll, I'll continue to say it all week. BYU is the worst offensive team in the Big 12, at least according to total offense. They are 11th out of 14 teams in terms of scoring offense. So – uh, BYU solid. I'm not sitting here telling you they're bad. I'm not sitting here telling you they're not capable. Five wins. Yeah, like they're five and two right now. They've got a, a you know a good win at Arkansas, which I guess doesn't look like that great of a win because Arkansas sucks. Uh, but they, you know, they beat up on who do they beat up? Well, they beat up on Texas Tech this past weekend, and they beat up on Cincinnati pretty good. And I don't know, they're fine. They're a good team, yes. and they're capable of beating you. But my point is, like their their offense is not great, so. The defense should be able to get some things back on track. And if not, I mean, if this defense plays like crap again for the third straight game, 
then you get really worried about the rest of the schedule because you're not going to be playing the worst offensive team in the Big 12 anymore after this weekend. So Until you get to Tech. Well, they're just yeah. the worst team in the Big 12. If uh, if Jake Strong is still quarterbacking Texas Tech when Texas plays, then then yes, yes, they will be the worst offensive team. If they get Baron Morton back by that Black Friday game, then uh, they won't be the worst offensive team in the conference. But they they should still not be good enough to beat Texas. Everybody has to step up their game. That's all there is to it. Step up your game. Amen. We'll talk more about that throughout the course of the week. One final shout out to all of our great sponsors, but some quick love to Olipop. I'm going to Target today to get me some more Olipop. I got to restock. Love this stuff. Great tasting soda that's actually good for you. The buck's on it. I gave Wags an Olipop last week. I wonder if he's tried it yet. Uh, Chip's in on it. Uh, this, this stuff is changing the game. If you haven't tried it yet, you're missing out. Olipop. Love it. Will change your life. All right, let's bring on the fellas here. A little chaos theory. Rodney and Wags coming up. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? I'm depressed. <laughs> Why, Why is that? Why is that? The Vikings won? Don't be depressed. Yes, because, because the 49ers lost. I, I'm just so... <laughs> no, we Kyle Shanahan on. took a loss last night. We're all upset. Yeah. That's hey, what man. What a series, Look right? At this bright blue fucking shirt this guy's got on. Bold, bright blue, just oh. nothing but the American colors, right? Seriously, I I was going to call in because I knew he was either going to have a cap on or something. And, you know, I was going to wear, like, my Astros shirt. You know, Rightfully because, you know, so. BK, congratulations. Ready to I rain. You had everything to do with it, 100. Oh, man. Hey, you. Hey, you know, one of those things. I kind of knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. So I applaud BK for just sitting there and taking taking it all. Take it all in, BK. Soak it all in. Take the championship and soak it all in. Don't don't say a word to Rodney. Rodney, just g- keep giving him his flowers. That's all he wants. He wants bouquets all day today. Just keep what? throwing them at him. <laughs> third hey, time, man. third time you accomplished this, huh, BK? <laughs> yep. In the words yeah. of the late great Kobe Bryant, "Job's not finished." Job's not oh, finished. Oh yeah. Hey, and I agree with you, you guys. I want this World Series, man. I want the World Series to be as good as these damn CSs have been. Um, this could be a really cool fall classic, I think. I oh, think yeah. we got something special here. I think so too. All right, guys, excited to listen. I know y'all are talking baseball and plenty of football. We'll be tuned in. Have a great show, and we'll see y'all tomorrow. See you, boys. Hey, thanks, guys.